Jeremiah, I am uh, drinking an iced coffee. Yeah. What goes really, really well with iced coffee? What's that? Hot takes. Mwah, mwah, mwah. <laughs> Figured you were going to like that. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Everyone, welcome back to another Andrew-tastic episode of Empire Radio. I'm Jeremiah. I'm Andrew. And we are back with a special video because... And I'm Drew. This is a first... This might be our first time pre-recorded episode for a future time when we don't have an episode to do in a week for whatever reason. Yep. And so we are actually recording this... On the evening of 4th of July, 2023. And so Drew is out of town on a little family vacay, as the kids would say. Why did you put that in quotes? Because vacay is short for vacation. Oh, I was going to say, but he's literally on a vacation. But no, I get what you're doing. Yeah. So, uh, yes. So we're going to, and Andrew was free this week because the missus is out of town. So, yep. He has some time to do some extra stuff for the podcast, so we're recording extra episodes. So this could be November, October. This could be 2025. You never know when this is going to come yeah, out. That would be insane. Um, but yes, so we were brainstorming ideas. Of what we, we had a million ideas, what we could talk about, something fun, interesting, that we could just throw in. And Andrew had a great idea. So what's that idea? What are we doing tonight? We are talking uh, hot takes. Hot Uh-oh. Star Wars takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I love a good hot take. Jeremiah's had a few pretty good ones over the course of the, the podcast, you know? Um, other than the one, I, the big one, what are the other hot takes I've had? <laughs> you talk about the melon. The melon one is the one that haunts me to this day. No, I'm talking about first half of the new hope. <laughs> That's my Oh, hot yeah, take. yeah. No, no, but That's that is my main that one. is that is the hot take. Like that is, <laughs> that's going to go down in empire radio history. Like, so, um, but yeah, I love a good hot take and I don't even know how, I don't even know how I came up with the idea. Maybe I was watching a YouTube video and someone said it or something like that, but I was like, Oh, star Wars hot takes. Like that would be a good idea. So, uh, I've compiled a number of them that we're just going to go through. Some of these probably won't, uh, be that big of a discussion. Famous last words there, but uh, some of them are really interesting and really valid. So, which is weird because some of these I don't want to agree with, but then I read them and I was like, oh, you know what? <laughs> this person kind of has a point. Uh, so, uh, before we get into these, so many of these, ha- I found a lot of these from Reddit. 
Um, so I've got some from Reddit. I've got some from random articles. Like I literally Googled Star Wars hot takes and just kind of went down a rabbit hole and pulled a, a few of them together. <laughs> there is one. There's one in here from a YouTube video. And I'm going to make sure I don't have credit for any of the other ones. I am going to give credit to this person because they have a pretty sizable following on YouTube. Um, and I was it was a video that they had of like six hot takes. And one of them, the other ones were fine. But there was one that I was like, oh, this is spicy. This is really spicy. And I want to bring this up. So we'll get to that. Um, I've got one from me. We're going to cover one eventually, one for me directly. I think Jeremiah has one. I have one. It has like two parts to it, but it's one type of thing. So Okay. So Jeremiah has one. And then I actually like randomly got one from our friend Tanner today too, which, yep. is, which is interesting because his was... So as I was going through and finding these hot takes, I was like, I was on my phone and I would screenshot them. And then I was I would go I would like going through the screenshots later and pulling the ones that I liked, and I did this like two nights ago. And then today, when I was talking with Tanner, he said his. I was like, "Oh, that's a really good one." And then I realized that I had screenshotted, like, it wasn't the same wording, but it was like the same thing someone had said in an article. I was like, "Oh, look, that's the only one that's ever come up twice." So he must be onto something. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. There are two in here. Uh, for each of mine and Jeremiah's favorite Star Wars characters related to the characters. I did that just for us. I'm scared. Just so Don't. that... Uh, my, my girl, they're going to tear my girl down. <laughs> yo, the, it's going to be spi- it's spicy. Uh-oh. It's spicy. It's well, it's well stated, but spicy nonetheless. Um, I, I've got one for th- in, the, in there for Thrawn too. Don't worry. Don't worry. I didn't, I didn't want you to have to bear that pain on your own. It's okay. So yeah, uh, we're just going to go through these. They're, they're all over the place. Um, but I will say that it was quite difficult to find like actual hot takes. Because like, first of all, half the people, and I mean no disrespect to these people, don't really know what a hot take is. <laughs> it would just be like, I never want to hear the name Skywalker again. Like that's not really a hot take. This is your, that's just kind of your opinion because you're tired of hearing the you know the Skywalker name, and then so many of them were like, the sequels suck, and I'm like, that's not a hot take. Like, if you're the majority of people, that's like, it's right. not a hot take. You know, there there were some that were like, uh, one came up, and I don't think I put this one in the list, but there was one that was like, Rogue One. Did I did I put? I think I did put a Rogue One one in here, but like it's a little bit different. But one was like Rogue One is the worst Disney Star Wars movie, and I was like, that's a hot take, but it's also just blatantly wrong. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put it <laughs> in there. So like it was actually more difficult than I thought, and so all of these hot takes are defendable to a certain degree. Okay, and some of them I included the explanations. Some of them I just took them at face value because we can just talk about it. Right. Um, so yeah, any any questions before we dive into these? So hot- your your list is it ranked in a certain thing or is it all random? It's so most of these are pretty random. They're kind of all over the place. I'm saving the ones for our characters from the ind- from our characters or the individual people that submitted them, and then the video one. There are two that I'm like I'm kind of saving all of the more impactful ones towards the end. Okay. 
So it's going right. to be kind of like a big group of just like a bunch of random ones because it's it's really hard to like rank them. Uh, but then the ones that I'll save towards the end are like either the most spicy ones or they're probably going to cause the most discussion. If that right. makes sense. <laughs> right. So. All right. Well, let's jump right into it. All right. Uh, number one, the prequel movies offer the most intriguing and entertaining setting of all three trilogies. I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's, I agree with that. Well, okay. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Some, like I think I said, a lot some of these, people would agree some with of these that. Are defen- some of these are defensible. I would say that some people, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to put this one first, because like some people would be offended by that. Right. They probably would. But like for me, I'm like, yeah, I like, I agree, you know, like obviously, but then, so here's the thing though. It's also the most fleshed out. Think, right. think, think about that. Like it, you know, the other trilogy's got three movies. Yes. But I feel like between Clone Wars and like all of the other media we got, there's a ton of books, like canon books about it too and stuff like that. Like I feel like because of the limitations of the time period of the original trilogy and then how Disney handled the sequel trilogy, we just got naturally the most content for the prequels. Right. Like, like I feel like there were like the most Lego sets, the most action figures, the most books. Clone Wars in and of itself is like a massive advantage that that trilogy has over the other two trilogies, you know? So, yeah. I, I think it also... Just going, obviously, like if you're like a fan of the like original Star Wars fan, where you, you first got the original trilogy and then you got the prequels, yeah, like the prequels, like there's the universe is bigger because in the original trilogy, it's okay, you're on Tatooine, it's just sand, and then you're on a bunch of like ships, like the Millennium Falcon, and then it's a pretty small stuff. scope, yeah, it's very small. Same with you know, Empire Strikes Back, you know, it's a lot of it's in a ship or you're just in a little like foggy swamp. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hot. It's, it's simple yeah. stuff. And like, you get Bespin, it opens up a little bit because, like, you see the Cloud City and you get kind of like a scope of something bigger and like, yeah. Yeah, clean yeah. air. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, like, Return of the Jedi, you get Endor, which you kind of feel more immersed into like a actual. Yeah, like planet, but like prequels, like you're seeing all these different places, you're seeing all these different species, and like life, like this is completely different than what was before. So it's like, yeah, what was what was the original hot take line? How did it? How did, was the it prequel movies offer the most intriguing and entertaining setting of all three trilogies? Yeah, even setting would also include like, like story, like where it takes place in a timeline. So like. Yeah. Like it's something it, that like people really, dreamed about their whole lives. Like what yeah. were the Clone Wars? What was it like before the Empire? And so it's like people yeah. get to like dive into that when they came out. Well, it's interesting too. It's really interesting to me because I think part of that was a limitation of the technology, right? right. Like George Lucas could just do more. Like he could do more with ships, set building, CGI, the ships flying between worlds. Um, 
And I don't fault the original trilogy for that. Or, well, and it's funny because the sequel trilogy had even more. And I'm not going to get into that. But <laughs> I will say that, like, I think the advantage goes to the the prequels because of the abilities that George Lucas had um, at his disposal towards the end of the 90s when CG was becoming a thing, you know? And all of a sudden, because, like, we, what was it? I don't remember which of the documentaries. I think it was the one for the Phantom Menace, but he was like, I'm finally getting to make the movies that I always set out. Like I wanted to make, but I couldn't in the seventies and eighties because of the limitations. Like these are the movies, like this was the standard of movie he was hoping to make the entire time. The technology just hadn't caught up yet, you know? So, and the only glimpse we have of what it could have been was a 97, like CGI editions, right? Which, which are the I believe are the ones that are on Disney Plus. So it's like yeah. you can't. It's hard to see the original trilogy without the added CGI, like the giant dinosaur walking through the streets of Tattoo. <laughs> it's so funny that you say that because that is literally the one thing I remember of all of the CG editions. I'm like that thing that like goes up on its hind legs yeah. when the speeder flies by. Like that is the one thing that I remember. So. Yeah. There's like the ones with like Bespin, like extra scenes in Bespin where it's like CGI flying ships going through. And I'm like, it looks yeah. terrible, but, <laughs> but well. anyway, next up, what's, what's the next one? All right. So this is a hot take. People only like the clone wars because they grew up with it. Humanizing the clone army is a bizarre creative choice spurred by the need for extra protagonists in a kid show. Um, I will say this. The Clone Wars, there are some really dull moments in the Clone Wars. In fact, for me, most of the episodes that are like really political and have to do with senators and stuff... I, I sound so cliche saying this, but I'm like, skip them, bro. Really? Some, not all of them, but some, some of them. I'm like, dude, I don't care what's happening with Clovis. Like, I get that Anakin's jealous and all, and there's some stuff going on, but like, dude, just give me, give me a lightsaber fight or something. You know, like, I, I, I will say, I disagree with the whole humanizing the clone things is it, humanizing the clones is a bizarre move. I disagree with that. I think that that was the right move. But like, there are definitely some parts of the Clone Wars that I look back and I'm like... And most of that is from like the first two seasons when... That's true. No, that's true. But like, but like, people love the, the Clone Wars because they grew up with it. Like, I don't agree with that because if you go on YouTube right now, you have adults who are watching the Clone Wars for the first time doing reactions to every episode. Yeah, and and they fall in love with the show just as much as people who grew up with it when they were originally released. Yeah, and if anything, people like it more because they're adults and they can understand and connect things better than when you were a kid. Yep, like it's interesting that you say that too because I feel the same way about the prequels for that reason. Or like when I when I watched episode, you know, when I watched the Phantom Menace in theaters when I was freaking five four or five i actually don't think i even went and saw it in theaters maybe we got it on vhs i don't remember but when i saw it the first time i was like yo 
I have no idea what these guys are talking. Like, <laughs> Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan are talking about the negotiations and the living force and stuff. And I'm like, dude, when are they pulling out their lightsabers? Like, and then they did it. And I'm like, yeah, you know? And so like, but now going back and watching it as an adult, I'm like, oh, no, this is really interesting. I never right. thought a, a trade blockade would be fun, but and here I am. It's kind of funny because, uh, like on Empire Radio Canon, episode one is my bottom movie. Yeah. But like, since we've been doing this for over three years and talking about stories and analyzing plots and characters. Yeah. Like my list would be different, I think. And oh? I think episode one would be a lot higher up on the list now than originally. Okay. So like, I actually have a segue there, but I'm going to, I'm going to hold it for just a second. So like I could like, so to agree to, with the hot take, I disagree that it's only a nostalgic thing because people grew up with it. Yeah. And as far as like the humanizing the clone things, I, okay, here's, this is, this might be a hot take, but like, you know, but you know how people have always complained about, um, like, oh, they just made up the sequel trilogy as they went. They had no plan. Like, if you really think about it, that's true with all of Star Wars. And I think... Uh, no, Okay. Yeah. I, would, I would exclude the first six movies out of that because Lucas had a plan for those. That's not true. Because... He had, he had the outlines done of the stories. No, when you look at the storylines of like like the original idea for the original movie, like things are completely different. Well, Han Solo, like they didn't even know know if Han Solo was going to be in this third movie. Like that's why they put him in carbonate. Like we don't know what to do. Like if he's not coming back, this is what, how he's out. Well, Luke and Leia were never supposed to be brother and sister. They just added that at the end, like for fun. Like I mean, it's true. That's they're true. they're always doing this, and I think with the clones. If you watch episodes two and three, just the movies, they are very robotic. Yeah. And so like they, they lack personality. Yeah. And so then going through the Clone Wars, they humanize them like that's a shift. Like they change that. Yeah. And obviously that's because they want to make stories. But yeah, that was a shift that they did just to like make stories, not because that's what George Lucas initially had in mind from the start. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. I mean, yeah. And I, I disagree. Like. Aside from what I said about there being dull moments, like I completely disagree with the you liked it because you grew up with it. Because like I didn't really, I didn't really, you know, like quote grow up with it. Like I was growing up at the time, and I watched probably the first three, maybe four, three and a half, four seasons, like when it was airing on Cartoon Network for pretty consistently. But then, like I dropped off for a while. I remember like I things got busy or whatever and I and I didn't see the rest of the the series until much later to like a year or two later. And so like a lot of it for me was going back and rewatching it and forming opinions like as a an older you know t- right. t- teenager I guess you would say uh you know like high school age. Um there's some really good stories in there. And I think to the point of humanizing the clones, I think it makes Order 66 more impactful. Right. So, Because in, instead of, of just a bunch of clones, nameless clones that like, you know, b- basically are, are basically battle droids. Because like in, in Revenge of the Sith, it's like, oh no, like they trusted them. And now Ala Secura is being like shot way too many times underneath that mushroom. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like that sucks. But like you, you really, you only feel for the Jedi 
to a certain to a certain level or to like to a certain dimension. You know what I'm saying? But with the Clone Wars in context, you're like, oh, like they were friends. They were they were they were friends. Yeah, you know. Right. So so I get it. I, I I see how someone might think it's bizarre, but I to, I also totally get it. Um, speaking of the Phantom Menace. You were just talking about the Phantom Menace. Right. The, this is another one. The Phantom Menace has aged the best of the three prequels. Hot take. I wonder what they mean by aged. So if you... I I take it as... This one actually was one when I was looking through Reddit. Didn't have a, a description with it or an explanation. I take it as if you were to watch all three of the movies, this is the one... It's the one that looks the best. Looks? It, so is it just visually? Like, like looks and... I would say the way that I would interpret it is it looks, sounds, it it, it comes wrapped in the best package, I would say. Hmm. I would agree with this. Really? And here's why. The Phantom Menace, though there was a lot, so the CG is really CG, and I get and I get that. There are some there's some moments where it looks rough. However, the Phantom Menace had much more practical effects and practical sets than the other two did. Because, like, Attack of the Clones is when they really started, like... Attack of the Clones was, like, a lot of blue right. screen, and then Revenge of the Sith was basically Revenge of the Blue Screen. So, like, <laughs> give or take. So, like, the Phantom Menace, was, they were still using miniatures. Like, the 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 Republic Cruiser, the red one coming in in the, in the beginning, that's a miniature. They were still using lots of, like like, really elaborate sets and stuff. And so for me, watching that movie from start to finish, it's still, it, it's like all of the best parts of the practicality of the original trilogy, but it holds up better. It looks better now than the original trilogy does, if that makes sense. I, if you're doing it from that, sure. Like it yeah. looks more like they're actually in these environments and they're actually like, I, Sure. I mean, and Jar Jar doesn't look bad. Like twenty twenty three, it does. He does not look bad, right? So, but I, I think that when you're looking at everything that every movie of those tri- of that trilogy offers, I don't think it. I it still it holds all three of them. I think still hold up holds up. Sure, but like sure, yeah. I think that. That statement, I wouldn't just look at just the the physical sets or whatever. Like I would look at everything, and so okay. like, I feel like that one holds up the least because it has the least amount of action. And like, interesting, really? Because like it's because you have the pod race and you yeah. have the duel and the space battle at the end. Like, well, those are, you have the those little are the two main, and then like the ground battle with the battle droids. But like, yeah, like. Those are like the big action. Everything else is there's politics. There's they're eating stuff in like the slate, like uh, Wado, what's his face's house, like or just yeah. sitting there eating. He catches his tongue when he tries to eat the food. Like right, that's what you get. Like oh, the, a storm's coming, Annie. Like <laughs> <laughs> like you get a lot of us. It's like simple. Like these are what these people are, are experiencing on like a day to day basis type of thing. Yeah, and you're experiencing like the politics of it. So there's not as much action. And so it's like, for the, now if you're looking at like the greater themes and stuff, then yeah, obviously it's better. Cause I, like I said, I would rank my 
that movie higher on my list now because I see the themes in the story more clearly than I did over three years ago when we started this podcast. So sure. like, but there's a lot more that episodes two and three add to the overall story of star Wars than episode one. But like episode one is like, sure, it's like sure. this, it's the starting point. It's the seed that planted it. Yeah. yeah it's like yeah. it's the most important part in star Wars, yeah. but there's much more going on. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it. I will say that the Phantom Menace, I think is my favorite prequel. So maybe I'm a bit biased, but I read that one. I was like, yeah, it does. It does hold up really, really well. I mean, to be fair, all, all three of the movies like visually hold up extremely well, but there's something, there is something about miniatures that like, I love, I love miniatures. I love them. If they're done well, it looks way better than the CGI. Right. They have, their, they have their limitations. Don't get me wrong. What's that, what's that word? Uh, like when well, using a practical, like when you change the camera angle, like parallax, can, parallax, yeah, yeah, like you get that parallax that you don't get with, yeah, matte painting or whatever. So, so it is what it is. But okay, uh, okay, here's we're jumping to the sequels. We're jumping into Rise of Skywalker all the way. We're just we're going all oh, the yeah. way. Ray accepting the name Palpatine would have been more thematically fitting instead of Skywalker since it would be a statement on shaping your own destiny despite the legacy of your family. I agree with that 100%. Yep. I guess I don't think that's a hot take. I think a lot of people would be happier with that movie. Dude, if I would be that. I would be I I would have been like 25% happier with that movie if she right. done that. That was if, the dumbest I'm so sorry. That was uh, the <laughs> rant my rant was loading up. I could feel it. That was the dumbest thing. <sighs> Like, but I remember that article you sent me a few weeks ago about Anakin was the one who chose Rey, and therefore that makes her a Skywalker. Yeah, I do. It still doesn't make it any easier. (laughs) I I I remember being in the theater. I remember being in the theater, and like I I had enjoyed the Rise of Skywalker pretty well. I I had enjoyed it. It after the Last Jedi, I was like, this is this is a more more enjoyable experience for me. And then it got to that part, and I remember she said that, and I was like, "Way to just biff an ending!" <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you, like you had me, you had me in the in the last half, and then she was like, "Ray Skywalker," and I'm like, "That's not, that's not how the freaking the, this, that's works. not how it works. That's not how the force works." <laughs> but anyways, there's a lot of really good stuff about that movie. Don't get me wrong, I I I will go to bat for those movies if I need to. But that is one part that I cannot go to bed for. <laughs> yeah, I just like I want to know. I like, there's that YouTube channel that does like, you know, the the pitch meeting, uh, meeting yeah, for movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Wanna, I just want to see that part. Maybe that video does that. Like, I don't know. I haven't seen that. One, I haven't like, seen the. I, I've watched a bunch of his videos, but not one for that. But I wonder like what the pitch was for that idea to like. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Fans will love that. Like, they just need. Okay, I know they'll never do this. Yeah, but they they need like fans from like like a, just a group of like twenty fans that are all different ages and have different preferences, and they're like on like the storyboard team. They're not on the team, but they're there to observe. They're there to listen, and then they can have a comment card at the end, <laughs> and they, they have can a engage. Comment card, yeah, they can engage at the end. Like, okay, 
we thought this was a great idea, but these 20 people universally said that this sucks. So we're not going to do that. Yeah, yeah. Like, but like, I know they can't do that because spoilers and yeah, it would, it would get leaked. Stuff. They would have to sign like hardcore NDAs, like prison for 30 years. If you leak something type stuff, but yeah, it's, it is what it is. All right. Um, <laughs> Yoda and Obi-Wan should have trained Leia too. Slash, her and Luke should have should have shared the focus of the original trilogy together. There is so the person was saying there is no reason why Leia did not get trained alongside Luke. And I get it. I get the whole like she's off doing her thing with the Organas and she, you know, well, until they all died, but you know, and then she then she was basically with the gang. But like, I get the whole, like, they had to keep her identity a secret thing. But also. Yeah. I Again, I, well, okay, we're well, looking back at it. We're looking back at it through the lens of having the entire story. So we have to keep that in mind. Right. At the time, going back to what you said, George Lucas might not have even thought that far ahead. Right. So. And so I think. If we're just looking at it on the story that we have and not like conspiracy theory that it wasn't what Lucas wanted to do just because he didn't think about it. But like like in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, yep. there's this scene when Owen brings back the, the, the starship toy. Like, you need to leave us alone. And Obi-Wan's like, when the time is right, the boy needs to be trained. It's yep. like in... In Obi-Wan's mind, from when he got baby Luke and brought him to Tatooine, he was always in his mind, like, eventually this boy needs to be trained. Yeah. Whereas with Leia, she wasn't with a Jedi protection. She was on her own thing. So, like, that was, like, for Obi-Wan's perspective, that was an option because he didn't think that he'd probably ever see her. That's fair. And then, that's, you yeah, know, having those few days with her and protecting her, like, knows that she's very capable without using the force. Like she doesn't need to become a Jedi to be a leader and to help the 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 galaxy. That's true. He saw that in her. That's and I that's, think that's fair. And with Yoda, well, he was just Dude. A, a bachelor on Dagobah and Luke came to him, like which was Obi Wan's idea. So it I, my <laughs> would would Yoda have ever made an appearance had Obi-Wan not died? Like, I don't, I don't know. Honestly, he might've just been chilling for the rest of his life, just in a hut somewhere. Right. But, but I, I do agree that it would have been cool if they were both trained. Yeah. Like that would have been cool. And then, like, we just get a little glimpse of it in episode nine. Yeah. It's a flashback. I'm like, dang it. That would have been so cool to see. Yeah. Well, she, so she does get trained by Luke in, in the EU over the course of many years. So like, it's not, it's not to the same level, obviously, because like she's like training, but she's also being a leader and she's also fighting, you know. So it was like it's kind of like her side gig was training in the force, but like he trained her enough to be able to defend herself and she had a lightsaber and so it was it's it's cool, but I feel like right. that was a that was a missed opportunity for sure. Yeah, that would have been it would have been cool to like see them like side by side fighting. But there's a 
everyone everyone wants a, a Star Wars what if series like dude I would love that so much it'd be so cool just to oh, but yeah whatever oh but oops. on on that note though just like something that like, I, I guess I have heard before but someone said it more forceful in like a, a meme or something I saw the other day but the hi- idea that R2-D2 knew the whole time that Luke was Anakin slash Vader's kid and never said anything. <laughs> that is actually, <laughs> that's a very valid point. Because we all know that R2-D2's mind or whatever was never wiped. And he and he was there. He was there from episode one to episode nine. And he was there when they were born, wasn't he? They were they were born. Yeah. So he was there when he was, when Leia was born and when Leia Dude, that's died. That's wild. And he what never a, said anything. He's, what a freaking guy! Wow. I mean, like, if you need a ride or die, he was never going to snitch on you. Like R two is like dude. your boy. But yeah. like, <laughs> all right, this is this is a this is kind of a this is kind of a hot take. Every Jedi that survives Order sixty six is watering down the point of a New Hope. If there were multiple Jedi running around, they should have just put together a team to take out Vader and Palpatine. <laughs> So well, I get this. I, there's a part of me that understands this. But I also see this as we had a story, a very, you know, like contained start to finish story that has now been expanded on in the, what, 50 years, 45, 50 years since it was originally done. Partially because of content. People want more content. And partially because people just want to tell new stories. But I also get it. Because think about if Yoda, Obi-Wan, well, R.I.P. Kanan, but Ezra, well, Ezra might, the, the whole the, the whole Rebels thing, the Rebels thing could have been different. So like, think about Obi-Wan, Yoda, Kanan, Ezra. Well, Ezra probably wouldn't have been trained, but Kanan, Ahsoka, Quinlan Voss. Like, imagine if they all got together and did a covert mission into the, the palace. They could have taken Palpatine together. If Yoda by himself almost had him in Revenge of the Sith, I think that they could have taken him and Vader if they had enough people. Him and Vader at the same time. Well, because okay, so think so. Let's let's go if back. Was, if it was let's one go by back. one, maybe that group of that four or five. Let's no no no. Let's go back to the verses. You remember the verses rules where we were like, well, if this person could defeat yeah. this person. Yeah. So if Ahsoka bested Vader on um, oh, Mal- Malakor. Mal- if Ahsoka bested Vader on Malakor, she almost kills him by herself. Yoda almost takes out Palpatine by himself. Theoretically, the two of them together by themselves could have been enough. But if you if you if you add in Obi Wan, you add in Kanan, like Quinlan Voss, he's he's a Jedi Master. Like all of these people that we're finding out that survived, uh, Cal Kestis, even just put put them all in, in put the 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 Jedi Avengers together. They could have done it. Would have been way less of a story. It would have been I, over pretty fast. But okay, well. One, I think in episode three, Palpatine was holding back against Yoda a little bit. 
just just like with him fighting Mace Windu, he was toying with Mace Windu for a while and just waiting so Anakin could come. I think because he killed those other three Jedi in two seconds. He could have killed. I know you're. I know in Revenge of the Sith novelization is way better. I mean, to be fair, in Revenge of the Sith novelization, they don't last very much longer. I mean, the the, the outcome is still the same. So I, I think Palpatine, yes, wanted to kill Yoda, but I felt like maybe the environment also hindered his ability to do it. But like, if they're on standing ground, like flat ground, I think Palpatine could have taken out Yoda a lot faster. Um, but like, so I give you heard like the thing like where, you know, say like one horse can pull 10,000 pounds, like two horses don't pull 20,000 pounds. They can pull like 30,000 pounds. Like that teamwork Sure. Makes it, so that yes, that would be true about the Jedi teaming up, but I think Palpatine and Vader fighting side by side is more than just Vader and Palpatine true. singly added together. I don't, I don't disagree with that. Yeah, and I, I think that Vader and Palpatine next to each other were, were, would almost be undefeatable with the Jedi that were available, especially if you're going like 10, 15 years after the fact when. Even more have died. Like Cal Kessis couldn't do anything right after Avengers of the Sith because he uh, was that's true. That's true. Twelve that's years true. old. That's true. That's true. Forever old. So like, same with Kanan. So I think, but but the the statement was the survivors watered down the meaning behind the New Hope. Right. What was Correct. it? Yeah. So I I would agree with that because one of the first things that we talked about one of our, like might have been our first Cantina discussion was like what what was like the, to bring the balance to the forest or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever yeah. it was. And my point was when we get to a new hope, you have two Sith. Uh, yeah. And then yeah. you have Obi-Wan and Yoda. Yep. And those are the two sides. So that's the, the balances. The force has been balanced because of what Vader did. Yep. And so he fulfilled his, the pro- prophecy of the chosen one. Yeah. And so I, I agree with that. Now that we keep getting more and more, Jedi. Now we don't know. Like we don't know who's there after at Revenge or at, at New Hope. We know Obi Wan, Yoda, and we know Ahsoka, but she's not a Jedi, so maybe she could count as middle ground. That's fair. And Ezra, he's out there, but like he was never like an actual Jedi. He was just a Padawan. So does that count? Yeah. Um, the guy in the, this can be in the Ahsoka series, Balin, the old guy. He was, I guess, a former Jedi. Yeah. Um, which, so this is a little side note, uh, a few months ago, remember, uh, Daniel Contreras used to be like one of our OG fans. Yeah. He joined the discord and he started sending in some voicemails during the, like, um, Mando and stuff like that. Uh And he's like, had a theory that what if that Balin guy was Obi-Wan Kenobi's little baby brother that we heard about in the Kenobi series. Oh, but the details came out that that's not how it works. He's used actual Jedi. Blah, blah, sure, blah. sure, sure. But that would have been so cool if Palpatine stole Obi-Wan's baby yeah. brother and stuff. But like, so yeah, we don't know how many Jedi are out there. Like, I don't know. My theory holds up a little bit, but like if they, anytime they could drop a book and there's like 10 Jedi, like hanging out on some beach somewhere, like, yeah, 
but on some beach, <laughs> just on the other side of this of Scarif, on the opposite side that the yeah. Empire was on, just hanging out. <laughs> All right, um, and they couldn't escape because they had the, the shield gate around the hole. <laughs> Oof, that would suck. <laughs> yeah, we got a safe place, guys. <laughs> Give it a year. Um, uh, speaking of which, Rogue One is not that great. People just think it's great because everyone dies and it's dark and edgy. Yeah, that's the point. That's why it's so great. Yeah, that's good. I, I mean, would, I, I would disagree. With that. Yeah, I disagree. I've heard, I've heard points where someone, someone was like, "You, the, like, okay." I'll try to explain this in the way that they did. So. Every time someone talks about how great Rogue One is, no one ever mentions the characters. It's always the the this scene or this fight or this moment, the Vader moment. Like Vader is kind of an exclusion, but like they talk about how the, the quote the characters are super forgettable, which I don't agree with. But apparently, like a lot of people when they talk about it, they're like the Scarif space battle, which is absolutely freaking incredible. You know, the, the, all the battles and everything towards the end are amazing. But not everybody, not nobody really talks about, like, the beginning of the movie or the characters themselves. Or, like, so I get it. The beginning of the movie for me is a little slow. It's a, it's a little slow. But it's, it's beautiful. I think the cinematography is some of the best since Disney took over by a long shot. Um, but I also think the characters are really good. It's hard because they do all die. That for me at least, it's difficult for me to stay as invested because I'm like, well, all these characters, they're just they're gonna die. They're all they're all done, you know. But like it's funny. They said it's because everyone dies and it's edgy and dark, and I think that's also like literally the point. Right. You know? Like the that's, point that's, that's, that's the point of the movie. Right, like people are going to give up their lives for the greater good. I, I, I could agree maybe that the character development is not like the strongest point of the movie. Like, yeah, but I think if you focus on uh, Galen Urso and Jin Urso, that relationship, you see that from start yeah. to end. Like, I really like when they're looking, trying to look for the plans, like in that blockbuster tower that they have there, where they're looking for all the tapes, like, um, it's like a video store. Yeah. It's like stardust. Like, how do you know? Well, that's me. Like, yeah. that's the nickname. Like, so that's a good part, I think. But I think now with the addition of the Andor series, yeah, I think that that ad, it's at least going to add to Andor's story for so when you watch that movie, it's going to feel a lot different. Yep. Um, but then there's also characters in Andor that we see yep. in the movie as well. So we see like his best bud that he escapes prison from. Yeah. He's in Rogue One. Yeah. We see two tubes and Forrest Whitaker. Um, what's his what's his character's name? <laughs> two tubes. The the skull face. Two tubes. Oh oh, I thought you were talking about Sargeras like mask thing that he wears. Well, Sargeras, like, that's his name. But yeah, oh, yeah, they call yeah. it they call that one guy two tubes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So I like I think with Andor, the character development and the emotional connection to Rogue One is going to be elevated. So like I'd be yeah. curious yeah. to see whoever wrote that hot take, 
like if they watched Andor yeah. first two seasons and watched a movie, how they would. Some of these have some of these were a few years old, right? Um, and I will say that like I did not think twice about Cassie and Andor, Andor before that show, like. Right. He, he no was one, one of those, like, who cares about Andrew? Why do well, we have a series I, about him? <laughs> like, literally, I literally am, I'm pretty sure, I don't remember what episode it is, but I'm pretty sure I am on the record in this podcast saying, like, I don't really care about the Andor show because I'm not invested in Because I remember I was saying, like, the Obi-Wan show was the one that I was most excited for because I wasn't really invested in Andor. And now the complete, it ended up being a complete, it, it surprised everyone. Let's, let's just be real. But, yeah, I mean, I think the other thing that's hard that we have to keep in mind is that these movies, the standalone movies specifically, dealt with characters that only had a single movie to develop. Right. So that, that's a that's a huge disadvantage for someone like Obi-Wan Kenobi, who has four, for Luke, who has three, for Leia, who has like, three in the obi-wan show you know like there, there's more time to spend with these characters to grow more familiar with them so of course the characters are going to be more forgettable if you've only got two hours with them you know like i don't remember like i remember chirut because of donnie yen and i remember donnie yen because of it it man you know right but like blaze Baze? Blaze? See? I don't even remember. I always get a confused. I always you, see you what I'm saying? So it's things. like, I liked it. I liked them as characters, but because I only got a movie with them, you know, yeah, they're at a, we, they're at we, a disadvantage. We need to have a Churret Blaze like sitcom style on I Jetta. Would, like, I would enjoy that. Series of this, like, <laughs> I, go, I go, single camera set, <laughs> them like in the shenanigans. That'd be kind of funny. Yeah. So, anyways, so yeah, that was that was an interesting one. Uh, this one I pulled in in honor of Drew, who is not here to defend this. So, sucks to suck. <laughs> Boba Fett has always been a weak character, no more than an extra. Yeah, I I, I would agree with that. I think. Yeah, dude. Because <laughs> he was just someone that people thought look cool and then therefore i feel really bad for saying that but i completely agree if so if you don't take the eu into account because in the eu he gets super ba like right. in the eu he he isn't a fully fledged like full fleshed out character he's like the john wick of the star wars universe in the right. eu but if you don't take that into account because it's technically not canon it's like he shows up in empire super cool dude gets yeeted into the Sarlacc. Like, that's that's literally the lamest thing in Return of the Jedi for me, is like, Boba Fett, pff, ah, and then he's, like, gone. And then, like, I've... It, I feel like if you just watched the original trilogy and then saw him in Mando and Book of Boba Fett, you would be like, where did this character come from? You know what I'm saying? Like, I know it's the same character, but it seems like two completely different people. Right. So, I agree. Yeah. Well, it sucks, but sorry, I Drew. agree. <laughs> sorry, Drew. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that's, like, heretical. Like, I feel like that's a little sacrilege saying that about Boba Fett because he's, he's an icon. Right. But, 
Maybe if Book of Boba Fett had gone differently, I would have defended this more. Right. But it is what it is. All right. Speaking of the TV shows, Grogu isn't a character. He's a plot device. Yep. <laughs> and, and more so, he's there to sell merch. Yeah. Yeah. I So the the first part of that, the person was talking about how they just like didn't like Grogu at all. And th- their reasoning was he's not a character. He's a plot device. And I'm not going to lie. Because they brought him back in Book of Boba Fett, I my enjoyment for him went from I enjoy him because he's a character and because he's a part of Mando's life and he's cute to now just because he's cute. I'm like, there, there were a few times during Mando season three that I was like, I, I don't want him here. And I know it sounds really bad, but I'm like, now, now we have to figure out the logistics of like how he's going to wear a helmet, and like he's he's a completely different species. Like because you kept him in, the logistics that I'm thinking about as an adult, I'm like, this is too stressful. Like now we gotta, he's got to figure out all this stuff. We got to got to train him. He's got to learn how to talk and all this stuff. And I'm like, he should have just gone on, and that should have been the point of season two, right? Mando has to get him back to the Jedi. He does that. Okay, sick. There you go. But I don't know. Yeah. It's that, probably an, an unpopular opinion, but. No, I think a lot of people would agree that they shouldn't have brought him back. And if they like, if they did bring him back, don't bring him back in a separate show that's not Mando. Yeah. Or like you see him in season four with because Luke is, uh, is responding to Grand Admiral Thrawn, like taking over the galaxy, like. And Grogu's by his side, like that would make sense. Where like, yeah, all the different plot points are coming together in the one climax, and yeah. Grogu happens to be like, that's fine. Like no one. And what if he that. dies? I would have in at the climax. Like, I, it would have sucked. It would have ripped my heart out. But I would have been okay with it. You know, like hit me, hit, give it, give me a story that by the time we get to this movie, something happens and it just it is gut wrenching. Like hit me in the freaking gut with a sucker punch with something. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe feel right. something like Endgame did. I I have my I had a theory that I posted in a Discord a while ago, um, with Thrawn, like the Thrawn movie that we're gonna get, because mm-hmm. Thrawn is a master tactician. Yeah, he understands everyone, all their motivations. Blah blah blah. Yep. yep. And like part of me was thinking what they're going to do in that movie is um, he's going to have an understanding of who and what Mandalorians are. But because Grogu uses the Force, that's uh, a wrench in his plans, and he's not going to realize that's a problem. And somehow Grogu is going to be like the his, missing his, thing his that causes, causes Thrawn's demise or like uh, fails. Like... I, I don't want that to happen, <laughs> but like it could make sense that like that was a detail Thrawn didn't know was there. Yeah. Now, sure, he knows about Grogu. Sure. But like, does he know enough that he's knows that he's with the Mandalorian? And he's being trained as a Mandalorian, and a force sensitive Mandalorian is not something that he considered. Yeah. Like, I. I'm 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 a little so when when you were do, when we did the catch up with Andrew thing. The one thing that we didn't get into was the movies. 
was like the the movie announcements and stuff because right. i remember we we joked about it but we were all, we were already like six hours into the episode you know <laughs> yeah and i'm really happy don't get me wrong like i'm so happy thrawn's coming everyone knows me and thrawn are tight not really but i love thrawn to death thrawn's like arguably some days is my favorite character over e luke so there you go um I'm super excited for it. I'm really happy for the movie, but I'm a little sad. I'm still really sad because of the what could have been mentality of like, okay, great. We're getting this like Thrawn thing. And every time I see, every time I see a headline, that's like they're where they're adapting the Thrawn trilogy into this like movie and this Mandoverse thing. And I'm like, sick, that should have freaking been seven, eight, and nine. But that's anyways, I'm not going to go there. We, we have a lot more of these hot takes to go through. So uh okay speaking of seven eight nine kylo ren's redemption is more believable than vader's from start to finish more believable yep from start to finish i i i don't think i agree i don't know like there it's it's not unreasonable for Kylo's redemption to happen. Like, I feel like we knew that was going to happen. I, yeah. I, I think with, with Anakin slash Vader, like in, at the end of episode three, like one of the last thing that Padme says is that there's still good in him or whatever the line is. Like, so like we know that in the midst of the darkness that he goes into, there's still always that light that he's going to bring back or it's going to come back and destroy the darkness. Like, like it's, it's that internal conflict we know is there in invader. And I think that makes his redemption real. And if you go back to the Mando season one behind the scenes, the Disney gallery, when Dave Filoni is explaining the Luke Vader relationship and why he turns like that changes how you understand star Wars, because it's like Vader had to be the father to Luke that he never had himself. Sure. And like, it, it makes sense to me way more than like, like, but like with Kylo's, like it still makes sense, but like, it's something you just, so it's going to happen. So I think the big difference between, the big difference that you have to keep in mind between Kylo and Vader is that Ben Solo didn't go as far down the rabbit hole. Right? So like right. Vader did a lot of really bad, like really <laughs> bad stuff. Like, yeah, there was still good in him, but like he uh he's got quite the body count. And he did some really terrifying things. Kylo, on the other hand, I feel like his entire story was he he was kind of like he wanted to be that bad, but he he never he never really had the capacity to be that bad. He was just a child in a mask. Exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, like for real. Like he killed he killed people and stuff, but it's you know, like you know, Lor Santeca. That's his name, right? Lor Santeca. Yeah. He's he's done. You know, whatever. Um, Kylo got him and a few other people, but I, I feel like. There's there's something about 
Han coming back at the end and Leia playing a part in it too, where I, I, I like it more in some ways. You know, like, I'm like, oh, this is, there, there's more heart behind it, where it's like, Vader, to me, the original trilogy seems very abrupt. Like, Luke shows up in, Re- in Return of the Jedi. He's like, give in to the good. I can sense it in you, Dad. You know, and he's like, and then all of a sudden Vader's like, huh, and he picks up Palpatine. Like, I, it just seems it, completely understandable. Yes. Heartfelt, emotional, amazing. Never discrediting that. But it feels more abrupt. Where it's like from the Force Awakens, you 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 see that conflict in Kylo Ren, and right. it continues through the other two movies. So I get it. Right, I, I like how you said you see that conflict within him, but like you don't see that conflict in Vader. Right, we're just told that that's that's his. Yeah, I mean, if they had put like eyebrows on his mask, maybe we could <laughs> he could have emoted more, you know, or googly eyes or something, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a limitation of the character, but you know. But like I, we were just saying before we recorded it, like Kylo Ren is probably the best part of the sequel trilogy. Like yeah, his story, for sh- his for story sure. arc. So yeah. it's like it's a very strong story arc. But like I think because he didn't go as far deep into the dark side. Like Vader's is more like improbable in a sense, even though I said earlier yeah. that there was always that light in him, so that was gonna come out eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean I, the, the the person the, this person wrote his redemption is more believable than Vader's. And it's like at face value like it, it's almost like I'm trying to think of another example. It's like whose whose redemption would be more believable? Uh, I was gonna make a Harry Potter reference, but I just realized you wouldn't have gotten it. No, I've seen every single Harry oh, Potter. Oh, that's right, movie. you have. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And I've seen the the Fantastic Beast movie. So too. I just I literally finished the Deathly Hallows book last night. I finished reading through like literally last night. Um so now, if I be, remember people, I don't know. That's a whole different close it, to test my so like, memory. <laughs> so, for example, Snape's redemption is more believable than Voldemort's would have been. You know what I'm saying? It's like they're both right. e- they're both quote evil, or like maybe Draco's is his redemption would because like dude, dude's a dude's an a hole, right? Total, <laughs> t- like a hole through and through. But he never fully committed. Like, yeah, he, you know, his parents were Death Eaters, and he did some stuff. He 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 was there when Dumbledore, spoilers, when Dumbledore died. But like Voldemort having a change of heart is like almost unheard of, unthinkable. Right. And I I feel like if we didn't have the context of Return of the Jedi at the end of that movie, I would have been like, there's no way Vader's turning, no way. Like if if I was seeing these in theaters, one after the other, I'm like, and I've just seen Empire, I'm like, dude, no way, he's he's gonna be the bad guy for the rest of the the rest of the trilogy. You know what I'm saying? Like he's a, he's a bad guy. Whereas right. Ben Solo, like at, at in every movie, I feel like there's a point where I'm like, 
he doesn't he doesn't want to be doing this you know right. like so i don't know i don't know why i didn't think you had i don't know why i didn't think you had seen harry potter because for the longest time i didn't and then I when did. did you watch all those movies was it while i was on hiatus no, no it was it would have been like august or september of 2021 so I remember, I think it was just before we filmed for and reviewed season one of Visions. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I was, I think we, we, I started Visions was when I started editing for YouTube. And I think it was the episode before when I was like, I got a big surprise announcement for oh, you yeah, guys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I remember that. I remember that. Okay. <laughs> dude, if you ever, uh, if you ever get the chance, I, you're probably going to say no. But if you ever get the chance, reading the books is a really good experience. So, uh, that's what i hear they're they're phenomenal but they're also so. like each six inches thick aren't they uh no so the first three are relatively sized and then there's a pretty significant jump but yeah i mean but i got a i got a box set of all all the whole set for like it was it was like 40 bucks on sale at target it was a steal dude so how, how about this you come to empire con <laughs> And you bring those books. I'll bring the books. But you have to come. So how much? I'll have to have another another suitcase for the box set. (laughs) All Uh, right. Next. Anyways. Anyways. uh, Okay. This is an interesting one. Uh, The Last Jedi will be highly regarded in fifteen to twenty years. I have heard this a million times. I. Here's the thing. It's just believable. The only reason that's going to be true is because people who, children, who that's their childhood trilogy are going to be the ones in 10, 15, 20 years going to be defending it. Yeah. And so, like, is that going to shift? So then those people, when they start having kids, like, they're going to be showing their kids Star Wars, and then that's going to be, like, Heir to the Empire is my Star Wars. That, that is true. Or, or Ray Ray's Jedi Academy movie, you know. Right. And so, like, that alone is going to be true. Like, yeah. the, the, the fandom shift might do that just because those are the movies that a certain generation grew up with. And you and me are going to be dying out eventually. And so, like, That's we're depressing. So, like, but yeah. Now, yeah, it it so it is interesting because like when I, I I was completely oblivious to the backlash of the prequels as it was happening. Completely, I mean, like when I go back and watch YouTube videos or like the documentaries of people like raging and like boycotting Star Wars and stuff, like I I was I was oblivious. I was like five or six years old, and I was just like sick. I was more concerned. I remember I was more concerned. I got an action figure set of the STAP, the, the Battle Droid STAP, and it came with a Battle Droid and it had really lanky arms. You could it it was a B1 Battle Droid and the arms wouldn't stay up on their own cuz the the hinges. So you would just like put the arms up and it would just flop over. <laughs> but it worked really well on the STAP's handles. And I remember I got it before I saw the Phantom Menace. I was more concerned about like what they were going to sound like. So I remember when I was playing with them when I was playing with it in my room, I made R2-D2 noises. Because, like, up until that point, I'm like, well, it's a droid. It's going to sound like R2-D2. Right. That's what I was concerned about. I wasn't concerned I wasn't concerned about 
how it ruined Star Wars, <laughs> you, you know? And like, even through Revenge of the Sith, I, I think I was completely oblivious. Like I didn't experience the, that's not my Star Wars mentality until right. the, the sequels. And so I think you're on to something, you know? But even still, I look back on those movies, the, the sequels, more fondly now than I did before. Right. Not much, but it's 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 there. I, I this is one of those things where like after episode eight came out, like we all hated it. But like yeah. the thing is, the initial hate for it, you had two directions to go like go like, all right, this is what we got. I gotta accept it and move on and not let the and not, and not let the hate consume me or let the hate consume you. And that was like half fandom. So like Yeah. It's you have to choose like you're gonna get some great Star Wars, you're gonna get some terrible Star Wars, but you have to watch all of it. And like I I have to accept like that's what we got and that they're trying to do justice to us by what they're doing with the Mandover stuff and kinda like hinting yeah. at the outer rim stuff and the Palpatine stuff and yep. Yep. you know when that Ray movie comes out, like we're gonna have to watch that in context of the sequels too, because it's the same people. Like we're yeah. gonna have, we're gonna put that story together in a sense. It's gonna kind of act like an episode ten in a sense, even though it's not going to be probably. Yeah. But like, you have to just like accept that Star Wars is what it is, and don't. So get this. There, there's a there's another one. There's another one that I have, and this was this was one of the ones that I was gonna save to the end. But I think we're in a really good spot to to bring this up. Okay. Here it is. The best days of Star Wars are always behind us. I understand what they're saying, but I'm very hopeful for the future of Star Wars. I am too. I like, I am too. Like I I think Disney understands enough of their failure with the sequel trilogy to pivot and make things better. Okay. I, I think that they, they, they get that and I think they're more careful. Um, I, and so like, I think that's why there's going to be such a delay between episode nine and the next movie we get, which you saw that the dates are announced for these three movies. No, I missed it. So, because a couple, a few weeks ago, like Disney, like announced like all of their movie stuff, like for Marvel and all their Pixar, like everything, yeah, and like readjusting dates and stuff. Because when Bob Iger came back, he's like, "We're going to push quality over quantity," and so they readjusted release dates and cut movies from Marvel and all that stuff. And so yeah. they changed the dates of the movie apparently, which we never knew. But like originally, it was supposed to be. December 2025, December 2026, and then a 2027 movie. But we're going to be getting May and December 2026. Oh, okay. I did, I did see so, that, yeah. So we'll have two movies in 2026, and then a movie in 2027. Wow. So That's a lot of Star Wars in a very short amount of time, but I, I, I know... But they're, they're working years on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and then just recently, Kathleen Kennedy... 
was quoted saying that the Ray movie is going to be thematically connected to the Jedi Origins movie, which yeah. is 25 years in the past. So I'm guessing Ray is going back to the Jedi roots and trying to reestablish what was originally. Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. So I think what this person is trying to say is that it's hard for new Star Wars to compete with your Star Wars. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the for example, one thing for me there is something about the prequels. There's something about the action of the prequels, the the way the lightsabers interact, the blasters, the roughness of the effects that feels more real than the lightsabers and the effects in these new movies. That's just a personal example for me. So like, for example, in Obi-Wan, when one, it's a small thing, but when in, in the Obi-Wan show and in the other examples we've gotten where like lightsabers kind of, they kind of, they'll hit and they kind of slide a little bit and stuff. I don't know. It, it, to me, it, it looks more like, oh, these, these two people had LED poles and they were hitting them on set and they just put the blade over it. Whereas like in the prequels, I remember very distinctly because that they, because they used metal poles, there wasn't as much, there wasn't as much movement. And so when they hit, they stayed and they locked in place. And I remember like, to me, the prequels feel more like home in a lot of different ways than the sequels do. Not saying, I mean, we all know how I feel about the sequels, but like, I'm not saying I don't like all the new Star Wars. But to me, I get what they're saying in that f- the the thing that captures the wonder and the like nostalgia and the the joy of Star Wars are the prequels for me because that was the one that you know I essentially cut my Star Wars teeth on. I mean like I had the original trilogy, I had the VHS tapes, but like I almost got those a little too young. And then I had the movie, you know, going to see the movies and the experiences of of the prequels. So I I get it. I am I do agree with what you're saying though. I am very hopeful for the future of Star Wars. Um. Now that they have, like you said, they've learned. They've they went through a uh, a, a poop a poop show, and they realized people didn't really like what they were doing and. I think we're on a really good track now. But I do think that for a lot of fans, there's going to be a Star Wars that doesn't... The new Star Wars isn't going to quite hit the same as this Star Wars, whatever that is. So for like adults, you know, older adults, it might be the original trilogy going to see it in theaters. A lot of times it's like tied... It's it's not just the movies. It's like also tied to the experiences surrounding you know, going to the theater or like getting a certain toy or a Lego set. Like I, I'll never forget. Um, I got the attack of the attack of the clones, the Jedi, the red Jedi starfighter that Obi-Wan has. I had that Lego set. It was like one of the mid size ones that was only like 15 or 20 bucks before Legos were the price of a small vehicle. And I remember I saved up and I saved up and I saved up and I wanted that Jedi starfighter and I got it. And then, <laughs> And then my dad took me and got I got it and I put it in the car. And I'm like, yes, I got I finally got this Lego set. I go home to put it together. And so you know how it's the it's the 
the triangle, right. you know, the arrow shape. They gave me two of the left wing. <laughs> I didn't have the white, the right, the right one, and I was so deflated, dude. I remember I was like, dude, no, like I, I, I saved up as a kid for weeks to get that like 20 bucks. And then I finally got it. And I'm like, Oh no. So I had, we had to take it back and we had to return it. But like that whole experience <laughs> is a part of that star Wars for me. You right. know, like I, I got Anakin's lightsaber before the lightsabers actually fully retracted all the way into the handle. It, it was like, there was always like a foot of the blade still out of the handle. Do you remember that? Uh, kind of, I don't know. Kind of, I had Anakin's lightsaber from Attack of the Clones too, and I remember I got it for Christmas. And my dad made me fight him. I had a few lightsabers, and he Christmas morning he took one out. He's like, "You got to beat me to get to the lightsaber." I was like, "Okay," and I went in. And I remember I hit him on the arm one time a little too hard, but like it's all the tan- tangents aside, I, there's some truth in that statement, um, you know. But it doesn't mean we can't adopt a new Star Wars. And I think a Star Wars fan would be really, they would miss out and they would be wrong not to, you know? Right. I think, like, moving forward, I think the 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 biggest mistake, in a sense, of moving forward is, um, like, a few years ago when they announced the High Republic stuff, we thought that that's where they were going to pivot to in the future. It was going to be all high public movies and shows. Like, right. right, right, right. Like that would have been, I think the best thing they could have done after the sequel trilogy is yep. let's just start fresh, yep. completely new, like no new yep. characters. That way people can go into it without a bias because it's not going to ruin their star Wars because it's so far disconnected. Yep. And yep. You know, maybe they will do that, like, because we have the Acolyte series next year coming out, like, yeah. But it's gonna be. I feel like they should have done that rather sure. than do a Ray movie and stuff. But, but that's that. All right, so we are we're nearing. We've got uh, one. Two, I've got two regular ones left, okay, and then we've got the good ones. So let's get All through right. these. Uh, is this what I thought this was funny. Oscar Isaac. So this is from an interview. I think it was Vanity Fair. This is in relation to when The Force Awakens came out. Okay. He, Oscar Isaac is on record as saying, JJ essentially made a Star Wars movie about people who were normally extras in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> think about it, though. <laughs> no, but think, think, think about it. Think about what The Force Awakens is. Like, if you think about it, it's it, he's not that far off, cause cause Ray wasn't like really Ray wasn't like the main character you could argue in the Force Awakens, right? In it in, in until towards the end, you right. know, until the the final battle. It, it was her and Finn the whole time, plus yeah. the villain of Kylo, and then but like Poe had his own thing going. Right. On. He had a subplot, you know. There was a lot of different f- stories going through. And so it's like, I kind of get it. Like Finn's a stormtrooper, that, that that type of a character would normally be an extra. Poe, as a pilot, separated from being the hero who is also a good pilot, would normally be you know like Biggs or freaking Wedge. You, you know what I'm saying? It's like right. They had good pilots in 
Well, I mean, Anakin was the good pilot in the prequels, and then Luke was the good pilot in the original trilogy, so it's like, I get what he's saying. I just think it's funny that it came from Oscar Isaac. I don't know. That's, that's funny. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, last one before we get into the, the, the other group. Jedi mind tricks are creepy and kind of and, and kind of invalidate the Jedi philosophy. Well, we did have a whole entire yep. cantina discussion on this, so we sure did. If you guys want to get our full thoughts on the morality and whatnot of a Jedi mind trick, go check that episode out. That was yeah. that was no, that was like two two over two years ago. I'm, I think it would have been like spring. 2021 i we did that episode when i was in north carolina i had already moved i'm pretty sure right because i because if i remember correctly that was era that might have suggested that hold my tea yeah yeah i think it was it was like this i want to say it was like the second or the third one we did or fourth or it would have been further than that because that would have been over a year after we started and i think we had so we didn't have Discord until January first, twenty twenty one. That's true. That's true. So it, it's sometime in early the first yeah. half of twenty twenty one we did that. So go check that out. It's a blur. Wait, what was the the, the description again? The, the line? Jedi mind tricks are creepy and kind and kind of invalidate the Jedi philosophy. So I I wouldn't say that they're creepy, but they would, I guess, violate the Jedi philosophy just because they're forcing someone in a sense to do something they're well pun not intended but like hey hey yo there it is um but like like they're they're not letting someone have their freedom to make choices um so like i i get it but it's also if this person has information and you need to like Jeremiah said ethics out the window you got what i need Mind but like it's trying baby. to save someone's life or whatever like yeah true true then it's like do the ends justify the means which that's a whole nother moral debate that yeah go watch the cantina go listen to the cantina discussion on that right so yeah it's i wouldn't say it's a hot take like it's something that i feel like a lot of people once they're i think a lot of star wars fans might not have Consider the morality of a giant mind trick, but once they're given that scenario, there are probably most people like probably mostly bad, but can be justifiable in certain situations. Yeah, I mean, your first experience with it is the stormtroopers, and like you just know stormtroopers are bad. Obi Wan is good, justified stamp, but like really, <laughs> like the when you realize that there are people, they're not you know even if they were clones, they're still people, you know. It's uh yeah it's it's a little. Well, then we just go I mean, okay we talked about this. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyways but, anyways but, but the thing is like there's an episode in the Clone Wars where Mace Windu, Ahsoka and Anakin are both trying to make Cad Bane break. Yep. And they're like you will tell them. And he's just like they're like basically torturing them. Yep. The mind tricks and I'm like, like ah, there's a line and you're on it you're 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 towing that line pretty hard. <laughs> All right next up. All right, so that's that's the end of the first group. Uh, all we have left are the the I've got the big, kind of spicy one, and then I've got all the more personalized ones. Okay. Um. So, at the beginning, 
I mentioned that I had an iced coffee, which I did. I did. I for those of you who weren't aren't watching the video, I I did have one. It's gone now. But Jeremiah, do you know what also goes with hot takes? What's that? Hot coffee as well. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You can have hot takes. It's a it's a common fact that hot takes go well with iced coffee or regular hot coffee or tea. Too. Hot tea and and cold tea. Yeah. Cold tea. Can it's you, a it's can a you hot do hot tea as cold tea? Like is that a thing? Um like if you get the tea from Wesley Andrews coffee and tea, can hey. you brew it and then put it over ice ice cubes and it's good yeah. or is that not yeah. a thing? Uh I haven't had like I would have of- to I would have to look at a, like a flash brew tea thing, but there there are teas that you brew cold, sure. I think. I don't know, dude. I'm I'm a coffee person. I don't I don't know. All right. Well, anyway, but if I'm gonna, if, if I'm gonna get coffee you're gonna get from where? Wesley Andrews Coffee and Tea, baby. That's interesting because they happen to be our sponsor for today. So let's take a listen. Hey everyone, Andrew here. I'm pleased to tell you that the sponsor of today's episode is Wesley Andrews Coffee and Tea. If you don't know anything about Wesley Andrews, you definitely should. They're an award-winning coffee roaster and shop in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and they make fantastic coffee. The awesome thing is that whether you live in the Twin Cities or not, you can get their coffee beans delivered straight to your door by ordering them online. They even have a subscription service that ensures you never run out of amazing coffee. If you've been looking for some new coffee to try or a way to elevate your normal coffee routine, now's your chance. Head over to wesleyandrews.cc, use the code Empire Radio. that's with a capital E and a capital R with no space at checkout, to get 15% off your first purchase of any bags of coffee or a coffee subscription. I can't think of a better deal. Get 15% off some great coffee, support a small business, and support your favorite Star Wars podcast. In the words of Emperor Palpatine, do it. Do, do it. it. Yep, do it. All right. All right, so What's up next. We are we are entering into personalized and or spicy territory. Okay. So for a recap for those of you who have been listening, I, we've we've covered a lot of ground. So I, I do not fault you for forgetting so this group uh, will include my own hot take, Jeremiah's own hot take, which supposedly comes in two parts, which is great. Uh, it comes with Tanner's hot take. It comes with one from a YouTube video that I mentioned before that I thought was very, very interesting. And then uh, I have two hot takes that directly relate to mine and Jeremiah's favorite characters. All right, so th- this is... It's a it's a bit spicier, a little bit more personalized now. Yep. The first it was the first was like just as many as I could get off the internet, but then these are these are the special ones. All right. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go through, I'm gonna do our character ones first. Okay. We're gonna rip off the band-aid. And then uh we can, you know, kind of do whatever from there. But I'll do mine first. I read somewhere, someone said. Canon Thrawn is better than Legends Thrawn. Now, I know you have no context for right. this. I, that stung a little bit. It stung a little bit. And then after I got past the initial pain of reading that, the initial pain of being blindly associated to the EU because I love it so much, 
I realized that they might actually have a point. And I don't want to admit it. I, this is very begrudgingly. I, I do not want to admit it. But I think they have a point. And I think the point comes from the fact, the amount of time that we have spent with Thrawn in canon is much more than the time that we spend with him in Legends. Right, because we have six novels plus yep. Rebels. Yep. And now we're going to have the context of the Ahsoka series and the Mandover yep. stuff. And, so and I think what's important is that we have six novels with him as the main character. So right. a, a big distinction about, I don't know how much of the the EU episodes you remember, Jeremiah, but the Expanding Universe, the Heir to the Empire trilogy, he is a main character. He is not the main character. Right. He's the main antagonist. Right. There's a lot of time spent on him, but that time is also shared with Luke, with Mara Jade, with Han, with Leia, with Chewie. I mean, like that whole there's a whole subplot of Leia and 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 Chewie like talking with the Nogri, you know, on the on the on their planet. So so it's like, yeah, like you get the sense that he's amazing and he's brilliant and he's BA and he's like, you know, super cool and all that. Like you get the same stuff from the canon Thrawn trilogies. But with the canon Thrawn trilogies, the, their strength is that you really get inside his head. Like you get the, you get the inner monologues, you get all of his interactions with the characters. He's the central, he's the central point of those, of those books. So I love the EU there. And there are, so you have the Heir to the Empire trilogy. Later, there was a prequel called Outbound Flight that came out later, but it was a prequel to that. It actually happened during the Clone Wars era. Anakin and Obi-Wan make a brief appearance at the beginning. That's when Joris, Joris Sabaoth, Sabaoth or whatever, the Jedi, the original, he is in that. He goes out with the spaceship. Thrawn ends up, spoiler alert if you want to read that, Thrawn ends up destroying that whole thing on Palpatine's orders. Uh, very interesting story, but it's still only one other book and he's not really the main character. He is a main character, but he's not like the central character. And then there are two novels at the very end, like the very, very end of the expanded universe on the other, other side where they talk about a clone of Thrawn coming back. A lot of clones in the E. There's a lot of, there's a lot of cloning. Was it but, was it Thrawn with like two T's or something like no. that? <laughs> <laughs> to Thrawn, you know, no, uh, or Thrawn. He had like three two. ends, uh, but no. So he doesn't get as much time. He just doesn't. And I think I think that had he been given the same spotlight in the expanding universe, there would be there would be more of an argument. It right. stung. I read it and I was like, no. But now, then I was like, wait a is, second. I'm it's guessing true. apart from the Heir to Empire trilogy, those other books you're mentioning were not Timothy Zahn? Uh, Outbound Flight was. Okay. Uh, hold on. Everyone can hear my clickety-clack keyboard in the background. Uh, yeah, so Outbound Flight was... Um, Oh no, they're all him. Sorry. Oh, okay. So interesting. So the du so the duality. The, the 
not that it's not a trilogy. The du- duology, duology, couplet. No. Yeah, whatever. It's so it's a two volume series. Right. They're, they're Spectre of the Past, and then it was uh, Vision of the Future. Yeah, by Timothy Zahn. So, never mind. They're all by him. Sweet. Still my favorite author. Author for that reason. Have a book signed by him and a Thrawn figure. Thanks to Drew. Shout I'm out to Drew. About that. Yeah, it's uh, it's in my Star Wars cabinet back here. Um, but anyways, so yeah, it it stings. But I will say, and I never thought I'd hear myself say this, as a as a volume of works, I like the canon Thrawn novels as a six book set more than the expanded universe Thrawn trilogy, right? Because of how in depth you get with the character, I like the story overall story of the expanded universe books better because there's just more happening, and Luke's in it. But I like Thrawn and his centralized stories more. So interesting. Yeah. Uh, anyone who has the context of both, leave a voicemail. Let us know. Yeah. Like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> Ring that bell. Leave a comment. You know, do all the just do everything. Yeah. But, but let, us, let us know. And so. So this is so good. Today's Fourth of July. Yep. So first week of August, whatever that first, whatever we record, we're supposed to be doing the Imperial Area Thrawn trilogy discussion for when Andrew's with us. So I still have one. I just have treason left to read. I finished the other, the first five books, and so I have some interesting. I don't know what a hot take would be. Not a hot take, not on the story per se, but on the production of that first trilogy. Because like, I have, like the the audiobooks? No, the 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 Thrawn trilogy. Those three books. Yeah. A little, little teaser. I don't think those second two books were the original story that Timothy Zahn had when he wrote the first book. And I'll get into my theory completely. I don't know if I would disagree with you. I, I, I think I know where you're going, and I don't think I would disagree. All but right. Well, anyways, we'll, we'll get there. But we'll if there. you are listening to this, it's probably after that came out, so go click yeah. the link and find yeah, we that. Don't, we don't know when this is going to go live, but right. go, go find it if it's out. All right, cool. Well, that's your first for Thrawn. What's your... Uh... All right, you ready to come for Ahsoka? Yep. All right, it's got your two favorite people in it, Ahsoka and Ray. Here we go. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this is a pretty well-balanced argument. This person says, this is from Reddit, as much as I love Ahsoka, I don't think it's fair that she's consistently hailed as a far superior heroine than Ray when she was given significantly more screen time and stories to develop her character while Ray was given three films where she's competing with legacy characters for audience interest. She manages to have a complete, well-developed story by the end of the sequels. Or she still manages to have a complete, well-developed story by the end of the sequels. So the point is saying that Ray has a better heroine story than... No, no. I think they're saying that it's not fair for people to say Ahsoka is a better heroine than Ray. Because you spend so much more time with getting to know Ahsoka than you do Ray. So if if you were the the thing that I didn't the thing that I didn't include was like their last sentence was like 
but I, I genuinely love them both and we need to stop comparing them. Like I'm saying I, this because I need to say it, but at the end of the day, we should all be friends and like love one another. But I, I, I don't think that that's a fair statement because I think that the reason she, she is so well loved is because of all that time and character development. And I don't think you can say that she has an unfair advantage. I think that it's better to say Ray ha- is at a disadvantage. I think that yep. that's a nuanced way of looking at it. That's fair. That's fair. That, and I, I, but that being said, I also think that Ray's overall arc is not the best. <laughs> so like, that's, that's true. So like, even if we had less Ahsoka, it would still be a, a great story arc, but it's not like Ray is. Can you hear the fireworks going off? Cause that's what that is. It's fireworks. Yeah, it's fireworks. I thought someone was just like running around above you, but no, uh, there's parked across the street. They have it's, like, uh, it's still light outside technically here. So we got like, I probably got like another hour. Know, another hour yeah. But then the entire Southern sky is going to be set ablaze. <laughs> 10,000 fireworks. But yeah, I just don't think it's, it's I, I agree that it's unfair to compare them because of the difference of content and stuff that we have between the two. Yeah. But I think that, like I said, we can't look at Ahsoka's thing as a negative because Ray is the one with the negative because she's the one that has the, she's underdeveloped because we have the least amount of time with her. Yeah. So like, it's hard to compare the two. So I, I would disagree with the hot take. (laughs) It's interesting because like, I don't know if I've ever come out. I've never heard someone just be like, you want to know who's better than Ray? Ahsoka. Like I've never heard someone like bring those two people together that way. Uh, I'm sure. I mean, the, the reason this person wrote that was I'm sure that they had seen that before. So it's, it's out there. Um, yeah, I, I was telling Jeremiah before we started recording this, that, uh, over the past few days, I've been watching video essays on the sequel trilogy, uh, just revisiting those. Like I, I haven't had the time or the energy to like watch the movies, but I, I've, I was interested in revisiting the stories and hearing what people have to say. And, uh, you know, people, they're going ham, dude, in the background. <laughs> dude, it's going to be nonstop for another hour. It's, they get all the big illegal ones from Wisconsin. From like Wisconsin, it's... yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I remember that. I remember everyone going over, they go over to Hudson and then come back with trucks full of fireworks. <laughs> Anyways, um, but yeah, so I, I don't even remember what I was saying before. <laughs> the fireworks. Something, about, something about before we Oh yeah, yeah. I was watching video essays, um, and it, and it was very interesting to revisit Ray's character arc from start to finish because, like, I feel like she had a lot more potential. Like, the character had more potential, but yeah, to everybody in the sequel trilogy. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's but you know, it's it's at the they were hindered by the the storytelling and the writing and the direction that the the movies took, and I think. Ray has the the makings of ju- of the, a, a heroine of the same level. I'll say it that way. I think she could be just as good with time. But I do I agree with what you're saying. I think Ray is at a severe disadvantage because you, we've we've had Ahsoka since like hold on 
2008 when the movie came out. I was literally just looking. Yeah, it is 2008. So it's 15 years. So now, of course, there's a big hiatus in the middle. But yeah, yeah, but we got that, and we people got people are still rewatching and discovering, and yeah, Clone stuff. Wars, Rebels, now Ahsoka. So, anyways, all right. Well, that wasn't too bad. No, but the next one's harder to swallow. <laughs> uh no, no. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do. Um, before we go to the ones that were from the three of us, I'll do this next one, the really interesting one. So I'm gonna give this person credit uh, because they have a they have a pretty sizable following on YouTube. I've never seen their videos before, but it's the Goldman on YouTube. It's a video titled "My Star Wars Hot Takes That Will Piss People Off." <laughs> I will say that the video is very well done. I enjoyed the video. There's nothing like there's some some Star Wars content creators. You open up your video and like, ooh, that's, I'm not going to make it through this video. You know? Have you ever had that experience? Or like, it's like someone's voice. That or, face? That or like, I hear the first 30 seconds. I'm like, all right, I get enough. I get, right, right, right. I get right, what right. you're trying to say. I don't yeah, want yeah, the yeah. next 10 minutes. <laughs> this person, shout out to the gold man. I literally have never seen any of his videos before. I enjoyed the video. Very well produced. Well shot. Audio and video is great. Good, good, good for him. That's what I'm saying. Um, the his his so he did uh there were six and they got spicier as he went and the last one was he thinks leia is a completely overrated character he was like i'm probably gonna lose subscribers over this one but he started explaining it i was like you're not right but you're not wrong i so anyways but this one was really interesting so I forget, I think this was like in the middle of the list, but he says, if the original trilogy came out after the prequels, they would be hated just as passionately as the prequels were after the original trilogy. Oh, yeah. He lists, I didn't think you were going to agree. Okay, anyways, he lists some examples. So first and foremost, everyone who, everyone who grew up with the prequels, there's an obligation to like the original trilogy because it's the original trilogy, right? Right. There, As a Star Wars fan, you can nitpick it. You can call the first half of A New Hope trash. You can, all you want. But at the end of the day, there's an obligation as a fan to support that thing that paved the way, that right. blew VFX through the roof and, and pioneered new trails and all this stuff, right? But there's an obligation. He said C-3PO would have, would have been the Jar Jar of the original trilogy. Probably. Yep. The Death Star being defeated by Proton Torpedo is dumb. Which, in a vacuum, people still kind of say that nowadays. But imagine if you... So he, he said this. He said it like this. It's not the original trilogy having this, the new effects and the prequels having the old effects. It's like, it just put them on evil playing, even playing fields, right? The quality is the same. The stories are the exact same. They're on the same level. Imagine watching the prequels and like all it took to blow up starships and like how hard it was for people to die and all this stuff. And then you get to a new hope and it's just boop. <laughs> and then the Death Star blows up. Like, can you imagine that? After three movies, that's the climax. You know, because like I get it in a new hope, the original, you know, the original trilogy was limited by special effects and the scope of the production. But like, I get what he's saying. 
Luke is way too OP. So the way that we the way that we perceive Ray now would have been the way that people would have perceived Luke after seeing the Jedi in their prime. Yeah. And all of a yeah. sudden you see him jump. Yeah. I mean, just like <laughs> he just skyrockets. Like he's never piloted an X-Wing before. All of a sudden he's just like, you know, just yeah. being the being the the best pilot, you know? It's like at least with Anakin, he had pod racing. Right. You know, so uh ATATs have a dumb design. He's like, they look really cool, but let's be real. Tactically, that's not a good design. I don't know, maybe. The second Death Star is dumb. <laughs> well, People and might then, agree with that anyway. Like. Yeah. <laughs> and then Pal- he was like, he was like, literally, they just made it. It's the same thing. They just made it bigger. Like that's the most lazy storytelling. And 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 he and I might add, he is a huge Star Wars fan. This isn't coming from some guy that was like, right, kind of like in in the background of his room. It was like Star Wars posters. He has a, a cardboard cutout of Claude, the space slug from Rise of Skywalker. Oh, I mean, yeah. he's. He's got, it's all Star Wars stuff. So this guy's a fan, right? And then Palpatine's death is dumb and weak. Yeah. Again, limited by the (laughs) storytelling capabilities of the time. But if you think about, he is literally the most powerful Sith Lord at the time. Vader just picks him up and yeets him. Like, I'm not even, I'm not even talking force throws. With his hands, one of which has been cut off. He has a nub and a hand, and he still gets in. <laughs> and and Palpatine does nothing. He's just like, he's just it's like uh when a when a turtle is on its back and it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of flailing, you know. That's that's yeah. all Palpatine, you know. So I I just thought it was very interesting that he said it that way. I'd never thought about it, but I was like, yo, yeah. I think it goes back to like the one you said earlier that Star Wars will never be good as what we had in the past. Yeah, yeah. Like it's that same thing. People are always going to compare it to what they had when they yeah. grew up or whatever. And yeah, yeah. And and I think as movies have gotten more, some movies have obviously gotten more complicated and more intricate in the the forty fifty years since the original trilogy. You know, like at the time. Movies weren't co- as complicated, so a proton torpedo and a two meter exhaust port. Sure, there you go, boom, done. Di- they did the thing and it blew up. Great, <laughs> but it's like now when you have movies as complicated as, as Inception, and culturally we are we are trained to expect like it's not just we can beat Thanos. Okay, we've got to we've got to find the Infinity Stones again. And then we got to find him on the planet. And then we got to cut off, you know, Thor's got to cut off. It's like these multi-step processes, you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, it's, and it's not just, it's not just a simple thing anymore. It's sometimes it takes multiple movies to, to complete. And so. I was also just kind of thinking how like the, the like the computer screens in the original trilogy, like how they're just like the white lines. It's like now they have to keep doing it like that because they yeah. can't do yeah. modern screens and it because then it doesn't make sense continuity wise. <laughs> well and it's it's funny because those are the only computer graphics in the whole movie right so little little easter egg there uh but yeah it is it is interesting i think 
I think the, ori- the original trilogy works so well because of the limitations and the storytelling of the time. But on the, on the opposite, I think George Lucas would have done it differently had he had more right. at his disposal. Yeah, so it's like, right. yeah, he's right. But also George Lucas would have, it would have come out differently. So I thought that was interesting. All right, moving on. We have three left. Tanner's hot take. All right. We just we had go. him last week on the podcast. So, yep. Shout out to Tanner, a good friend and a friend of the podcast. Disney has relied way too much on the legacy characters. He was like, I feel like they keep bringing back the same characters over and over again, which is fine for the most part of the sequels storyline, but we want to see more than just bad CGI to make them look younger. Give us stuff we haven't seen before. Okay, well, the bad CGI, that's a hot take right there. Yeah, I mean... Mando season two finale, Luke. Okay, I get it. There's some uncanny valley stuff going on. But Boba Fett... It was better. was was way better. better. It was better. Way, way better. Like, night and day difference for me. Yeah. Um, Tarkin, amazing. Yeah, Tarkin, Tarkin was, was good. Leia did not... Leia from Rogue One, I was like... I, it was a little off, but it was still yeah. fine. But, like... Yeah. She had a little... She had this weird, like, anime thing going on with her face to me, but... I don't know. I think... I... So one of the big criticism I had of the sequel trilogy was that it was too disconnected from the original trilogy. It was just too far off and it was 30 years in the future. Yeah. Like it seemed too disconnected. So like they needed the legacy characters there to like, yeah, make people care. But like with like the Mandoverse stuff, like it's in that time period and you have a force sensitive baby Yoda. Of course it's going to cross paths with Luke. Like, yeah. So it's like, are they re- like? What does he say? They rely too much. Is it word rely? Yeah. yeah. I I think they're doing. He said they they keep. He feels like they keep bringing them back. The the, the same characters over and over. I don't know. It's hard to say. I, it, I get it's, it. It's the same thing, but it's true about all the Star Wars, where it's the same fifty people like through the first yeah. nine movies with all the shows. Yeah. Like, a, I so. mean. That that's the EU though, because like quite literally, it's like Han, Leia, Luke, Mara Jade starts to become a thing, C three PO, Lando. Like those are the central characters for most of the EU, and then they all have children, and those become the central characters of the EU. But the other characters, the legacy characters, are still there. Like, so I get it. I so. It's interesting that you say what you said about it being disconnected and wishing that there was more of a connection because the Thrawn trilogy, the EU Thrawn trilogy, happened six years after Return of the Jedi in the EU timeline. Now, I know that there were severe limitations with everyone being older, but it would have been way more connected feeling. Right. But it is what it is. They they actually could have they literally could have tied in that trilogy with everything they were setting up in canon because he would still leave with Ezra, right? Everything up until that point would not change. He would still leave with Ezra. And then instead of... Because like in the Thrawn book, in that trilogy, 
he's just like kind of off in the unknown regions. Like Palpatine sends him out there to gather resources. It would be very easy to just change that backstory and the same exact set of things happen, you know? But it is what it is. I get get what Tanner's saying though. Like there were a lot of people on Reddit that were like, I never want to hear the name Skywalker again. Like I'm so done with the Skywalker saga and I get it. Like that's one of the reasons why. And they're going to be really mad when we're watching the Ahsoka series and we meet someone that's called a Skywalker named Cheery or something like that. Like <laughs> that's going to really throw a lot of people. If they do that, they introduce a sky Skywalkers, the navigators. Like, do you think they will? I think we're going to see Cherry, Cheery, Cheery. I didn't I, listen to the audio book. Uh, so. it's, it's Cheery, but like, Cheery. I think we're going to see more Chiss. Blue people, we're not. Thrawn is not going to be the only one. Like, and if you think we'll see Aralani, I hope we do. She's she's one of my favorite characters from those books. I, she's so cool. Like, Anyways, I, yeah. So like, I I think and they're gonna be she, so by the way, old. she's in Outbound Flight. Oh, I'm pretty sure. I um, I swear. No, I, I know that her name is. Was she also in the, the Heir to Empire trilogy? No. Okay. I can't. I remember she is mentioned no. in another. I've heard that before. No, no, no. But she is. She was originally in, introduced in Outbound Flight. Yeah. So. so I I think we're going to see a bunch of Chiss. I think if if the Grisk are the main, like something like what Thrawn is doing is related to protecting the, the Chiss ascendancy from the Grisk. Like, we're going to see a lot more Chiss. See, they had the whole Grisk thing. They could have given us. Anyways, I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to rant. I'm not going to rant. I'm just but saying. There's so much but, good happening. But, but my point is, they're going, if they show us a lot more Chiss, they're going to say the word Skywalker. I'm, I'm sure they will. And a lot of people are going to be super confused. And I'm mad. sure Ahsoka is going to be like, what? And then they're going to be like, oh, here's an opportunity to explain it to everyone in in the so, continuity. But anyway. All right. Here, I, the last two. My hot take and your hot take. If you've waited this long, if you've made it this far into the episode, hopefully these, these are spicy. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. So it's a, a two-parter, and you'll see where I'm going after I say the first one what, the sec- what my second thing is going to be. So. Okay. First half is the most underrated Star Wars film is Attack of the Clones. Okay. And the most overrated Star Wars film is Empire Strikes Back. Okay. So that's my hot take. I've been meaning to say that on the podcast for a while, but I never had the opportunity to say it. Um, I think that episode two gets way too much hate than it deserves. And I think it's because people just have they, they see the weird dialogue from Anakin and it's the weird, a meme like, movie, man. It's the like, memes. But like you take away the awkward romance things and the, yeah. the weird dialogue things between Anakin and Padme. That movie is a good movie. The story is great. The the, the visuals are great. Like it's not a bad movie. Literally people complain about five minutes of five, ten minutes worth of content in the movie and think it's the worst movie ever made. And I'm like, no, the story is great. It adds some, like, 
we get the clones. We get like, and then you connect that with the animated series. This makes that movie way better. And I don't think it deserves as much. Hate. I think it's top five or not like the top half of the Star Wars movies, which I guess would be like five or six. So yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> but I that, and I think so. Then with Empire Strikes Back, I think it's the most overrated, um, because. I think that the Han Leia storyline mm-hmm. is the Canto bite of Empire Strikes Back. Interesting. Because that's a hot take. That's because, a good one. Because that storyline does not push the story forward. They just end up in Bespin by accident. And then that's just where Luke goes because that's where he senses them. And that's just where Boba Fett followed them to. Yeah. So like it didn't. I- Push it serves more. Forward. It serves more purpose because of where Luke ends up, right. but, but, I don't. I, I I see where you're coming from. So I I think so. That being said, I think like the Luke and or the the Han and Leia stuff doesn't add to the story. So I think like half the movie is kind of trash in a sense. Like, <laughs> not. I'm not saying it's as trashy as the first half of a New Hope, but like. It's less important to the overall story in a sense. Yeah. Because it's just like, okay, we're just going to, this is how they're going to get to this end point. So Luke goes there. Yeah. And so I think because of this, that storyline lacks, I think it makes the overall movie not as great as people put it. And I think people's love of the Luke storyline and the Vader reveal at the end, like that elevates it so high for a lot of people in their, in their minds that they forget about the Han and Leia stuff that didn't matter. And like, I just hate I, every single time when people, what's your favorite? And then everyone says empire. And I'm like, like, fine. You're entitled to your own things. But like so many people have it as their number one. I'm like, take I will, I will say that like my favorite movie of the original trilogy has always been return of the Jedi. I really don't enjoy the whole Jabba thing at the beginning. I I can take or leave that part, but like everything after that is just it has always been my favorite. Like right. I love it. I I will say that for me, the parts that stand out about Empire it makes me it makes me really want to go back and rewatch that movie. <laughs> but the, the the parts that stand out to me about Empire are the very beginning and the very end. It's like the Hoff scene, sick. Loved that as a kid. Loved the snow speeders, you know. And then the the confrontation with Vader. And, well, and him training, and like him. Yeah. It's like so. It's like the first like third, and then the last third is. It's like the two kind of sandwich <laughs> ends. I, I get it. I mean, Attack of the Attack of the Clones. I think the acting is hard for me to digest. Some some days. It's easier some days. It's harder some days. Depends on how I'm feeling, <laughs> you know. But it's not Hayden Christensen's fault. It's, you know, and Natalie Portman's a great actress. It, you know, it's it's just the way the movie was directed. I think he comes he comes across a little uh, a little stalker obsessive vibes. You know, like there are a few of those. Where I, I kind of cringe a little. I'm like, ooh, Padme, that was a red flag girl like you you shouldn't have should we should have never been here but you know but like uh, but then like people have said in defense of 
Hayden Christensen in a sense because people bash him for acting, but necessarily, but like, um, they make the argument that he's a teenage boy who's never talked to a girl since the last time he saw Padme. Well, it's, it's true. Long, it's, and so, yeah. like, a teenage boy is always gonna be like that. And I, I think I said maybe it might have been last week or a couple weeks on like every guy at some point has had an awkward moment with a girl that they've had a crush on. Yeah, he's like the and, he's like the kid you know that like grew up super sheltered and wasn't allowed to drink, and then they finally they realize they can and they just go overboard the first time. <laughs> I've seen that happen, and it, but it's like that, but with him and girls, it was like he's had no contact with a girl, but you know up until this point, and now he's like, I don't like sand. It's not smooth like you. I'm like, yo, dude, <laughs> yo, back up, back up, back up, dude. It's like you gotta you gotta take things slow, man. So and then like, that whole that whole yeah. monologue where they're by the fire, yeah. the whole time I'm just like, "Ooh, this is this is the red flag." Um, yeah, I mean, I will say, I've never really liked the speeder chase at the beginning of that movie. It's it's kind of one of those things where I'm. It's kind of like the beginning of the Jabba thing for me. It's like I'll watch it, but I, I I'm not gonna like go into YouTube and rewatch clips of that one scene. But I will tell you. <laughs> That for me as a kid, the one of the highlights of my childhood was the entire lightsaber fight at the end of that movie. Right. And the reveal of the clones. When you're like, oh no, the Jedi are about to be killed. And they're like, Yoda comes in, he's got the like little the little laser ball turrets on the the clone oh. gunships. And like that whole scene is really cool. Um Yeah. I, I don't know if I yeah, it's, I mean it's a hot take, but I see where you're coming from. So I don't completely disagree. So, but I mean, Return of the Jedi is my favorite. So that Luke's lightsaber, man. Stuck with me as a kid. Love it. St- still my favorite lightsaber. Um, even though now you can get uh, Ezra's legacy lightsaber, his second hilt at Galaxy's Edge now. I still like his first one with the blaster on it. I think it's cool. It's they, cool, but I like they, the second they, one a lot more. The thing is, though, it was underutilized. Like they do, like a saber yeah. blaster combo, like fighting style, would be really cool. Yeah, it would be like John Wick, essentially. Yeah. So. Yeah, I re- I really wish that they would do uh, Kanan's because I love I really love Kanan's lightsaber, but I don't want to spend the money on a replica, like a second, like a third party replica, because those are always like super expensive, but. Anyways, all right, my hot take. You this is the last one of the night? This is the last one. All right. Disney buying Star Wars was the best thing to happen to it since the prequel era. <laughs> I can understand why people would take that as a hot take. But now, now, what do you mean best thing for Star Wars? I think it was the... So I do not... I vehemently disagree with it being the best content. Okay. I do think that in terms of keeping Star Wars alive the way that it has and front and center in pop culture, it was the it was a necessary evil to keep it around. Here's why. So, before Disney bought Star Wars, things had like really fizzled out. Like we had the 2003 Clone Wars animated like the little cinematics that were super cool. Clone Wars was a thing right we had clone wars pre-disney 
but like that's it. We had games, you know, like we had some games, Bounty Hunter and the Force, the Force Unleashed. You know, like there were Star Wars was happening, but it wasn't happening on this scale. Right. And and I don't know. I really don't know how long it would have been until we had gotten another movie. You know, George Lucas had a plan, his own plan for seven, eight, and nine. But like, if he wanted to make those movies, he would have made those movies. I, mean, I just want to know why he didn't. Well, like I understand, two thousand man, two thousand twelve would have been uh, seven years after episode three was. Yeah. So like in relation to so then what was episode six came out eighty three. So So that would have been sixteen years. Yeah. So well and and Mark Hamill has come out and said that Lucas approached him and was like I think it was in like twenty ten or something like that and was like, Hey, do you wanna you wanna do this? You wanna be in another movie if I do a trilogy? So like I think he was considering it. But think think about it from his perspective, right? You're exhausted. You've made, you've already, you've just gone through the gauntlet of the prequels, being hated, vehemently hated for your uh, vision. I wonder if that has to do with it too. Yeah, I mean, like I don't, yeah. I don't blame. Like, think about what Ahmed Best went through, right? Yeah, dude went through poop, deep poop, for his role. It, like, literally deserved none of it. Think about what Lucas went through as a creator of it. His name's on it, right? Right. But then Disney, so you're kind of biding your time. You want it to kind of die down a little bit. I think he probably was like in the initial stages of like, okay, let maybe maybe we can do this. But then Disney comes along and they're like, we're going to offer you a metric butt ton of money <laughs> and you can just rest the rest of your life. Like, I don't, I don't blame him. You know, like how much it was like what three billion dollars or something like that 4.2 i believe half of that was in disney stock well so he I mean, has I mean, way so more half, than 4.2 billion yeah i mean now. like half i mean even half of it half of it in cash four point it's 2.1 billion dude i'm taking i mean like i maybe i sound like a sellout but like <laughs> and i don't have to work again i don't have to deal with the fans again like keep in mind like him doing that turned the fans towards him again, because like he all of a sudden he's like, it's not me, it's D- Disney's doing this. Like, like, come back, we need yeah, you. Exactly, <laughs> you know, and and of course he's involved in 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 the, some of the most beloved things that we've gotten recently. He's had his hand in indirectly, you know, through Dave. So it's like, so all I'm saying is, while I mourn for what Star Wars could have been, had it gone a different direction story wise. I think Star Wars is in a better place now as a property. It stayed central in a way that I don't think it was on trajectory to pre-2012. Right. Because like pre-2012, you had Clone Wars and you had the video games, but like if you wanted to know what happened post-Return of the Jedi, you had to read the books. Right. And that's all you had. You had the books and I mean that's that was that was literally before, right before... The Force Awakens happened. It was literally the prospect of more movies that ignited my passion for like, okay, well, what else is there? Like, what were right. the stories that were there? And now, 
we have EU with Andrew, you know? So it's like, on one hand, we have The Last Jedi. <laughs> we have Canto Bite. You know, we have, we're going to win the war by protecting the ones we love, dummy. You know, we've got the whole thing. And somehow Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's funny. It's it's funny that you say that because I have a buddy uh, who is in Thailand, JT. I don't think he's ever going to listen to this podcast, but if you do, JT, what's up? Uh, he's another guitar player on YouTube that does K-pop covers. He's a really cool guy. And uh, we message in WhatsApp almost daily. And he's a Star Wars fan. And we have a running joke now between the two of us to fit that in as many places as we can. But it, it won't, it, it'll start that way. And then it'll be like somehow blank return. Like we'll try to figure out a way to put that into a conversation humorously. It's really fun. So like you're um, telling me like, who like at some point, some K-pop group is going to come back. So then who's going to be the first one to like hear the news and then like text somehow, whatever it, band it's, is returned. It's, it's, it's happened before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's funny. Uh, it's one of my favorite memes, but so we have all of that, but we still have Star Wars. We have Lego the Skywalker Saga, which was a brilliant game. I mean, say what you want about Lego games. It's really fun. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, we've got Mando. Say what you want about it. It's still really good. We got Andor. We, dude, Andor's, Andor's worth it. I mean... We we've got it. We saw a, re a return of Luke in a way that we never figured we would, you know, through the shows. So Rebels was Disney, yeah. Ahsoka, you know. So for all of the bad, the the money and the the powerhouse that Disney is, there's been a lot of good. Cool. So yeah, there you go. There's my hot take. Awesome. That's all the hot takes we have for tonight. Yep. But I'll probably have, whenever this comes, I'll probably have it as a Q&A, what is your Star Wars hot take? So think about that. Post well, I want to hear them. I want to hear them. But we don't know when this is going to get posted. So I read one that straight up was like the whole Darth Jar Jar thing. They should have made that a legitimate part of the canon. I was like, that's that's a hot take. That's a what if. They need to do they yeah, have yeah. to if they do they have to do that if they do a what if. Yeah. They have to. Like I will tell you, I was I will say this. If it was done, I, I hate I hate that whole thing. I <laughs> it's just the dumbest thing. It's like it's like all of the meme makers in the universe came together and they were like, who is the one single <laughs> being in all of Star Wars that would never be this? Let's pick that one and make a meme out of it. But if they did it well and they made him like legitimately scary and powerful, I might be on board. For I it. just I just want to know what George Lucas meant in that interview when he said Darth, or, when he said <laughs> Jar Jar was the key to everything. Like that's in an interview like after episode one came out. Yeah. Or during the maybe it was before it came out, he was just saying, but like Maybe he had maybe, plans for Jar Jar that he must maybe have he was talking from. about the the effects. Maybe it was like us uh, first CG character, real CG character. Maybe, but that's either part that of the or, argument of Darth Jar Jar is that there was either a that plan. or he is really the he really is the key to everything. Maybe All Jar Jar's right. been behind Palpatine the whole time. 
Cool, cool. There you go. Well, as of right now, we do not have any voicemails, but I might the, put one on the Fourth of July. On the Fourth of July, so we might might ha- edit in a single voicemail or something. So let's possibly trans- transition over to voicemail time. All right, so Drew and I are here with some voicemail time. So let's uh, let's take a listen. If I remember correctly, when Andrew and I recorded, I already pushed the transition button, so that should have already played. Hopefully, oh but, dang, I wanted to hear it. <laughs> nope, too late. Um, mm. But we do have two voicemails tonight. So mm. last week, um, Lucy sent in a voicemail, and then I made a comment that Dazdor sent in a voicemail to her podcast and not ours. But here's the funny thing. So I said that on the podcast, Dazdor listened to that podcast. He's like, Hey, I sent in a voicemail that was supposed to go for last week, but like it didn't didn't send in, it didn't come in. And so he re uh, sent it in. So I was bad mouthing Dazdor last week when he, he already was ahead of the game. He already did it. So, Sorry, oh, Dad's door. Apologize for <laughs> Jeremiah's behalf. But yeah, so this voicemail is like outdated by a week in a sense, but it's still a good voicemail. Uh, so let's take a listen to Dazdor's favorite or favorite <laughs> Dazdor's first voicemail. So let's take a listen. Hey guys, I'm Dave or Dazdor from the Discord. Uh, I thought I'd sent in my first voicemail because today I sent in my last VCU submission. The project is finally complete. Uh, I sent, I think I sent 52 submission total for the project. Uh, I had a lot of fun making these. I learned a lot about uh, animation and uh, video editing, all that stuff. Uh, it It was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm a little bit sad that it's over. I was really enjoying making these. Uh, I'm definitely gonna keep doing some Lego stuff. I don't know what yet, exactly what yet, but uh, we'll see. Uh, I can't wait to see the whole thing put together. And uh, that's it. Keep it up, guys. Que la force soit avec vous. Ooh. And may the forest be with you also. That's what's up. We didn't clip that. May the forest be with you in French. In so French. thank you, Dazdor, for that voicemail. It's good to hear from you. you and know what you could do, Dazdor. If you if you're like, what do I content to me? Feel free to cut any funny parts or any memorable moments from any of our episodes and make Lego versions of us. Doing that, like skits that, of us. Or I was thinking, you know, this is he's, funny. He said he did fifty-three uh, illustrations for the VCU project, and so I think there was there's a total of eighty-seven voicemails all together. So he did over half of them. Over half. And I'm like, you could finish. If, like, if you, you want to do a Dazdor cut, oh, and you just do all of them and see where it, it goes. Do a Dazdor cut or Maybe you could like, I don't know, take certain scenes and like add like 
things. I don't know. Battle, add more battle stuff. I don't know. Do the dads well, if you yeah. want. I don't know. Um, That'd be cool. But, but also, I'll, do do Legos of us. For instance, <laughs> the the most memorable moment is Jeremiah saying that the first half of New Hope is trash, which is very sad to even talk and say out of my mouth. But that was never recorded video. That is true. So he could do what he thought our reactions would be via <laughs> through Lego on that. That would be really cool. Yeah. But so, just a thought, you know. You but definitely if we uh, get big someday, we're definitely hiring Daz Door to be a, our animator mm-hmm. and video editor and stuff because I can't, I'm a, I can't remember when he sent in his first submission, but it was probably like, I don't know, four months ago maybe, maybe longer. I don't know, but. You can tell a difference between what he did at first and then Originally, where he ended up. So he's done a lot of he like he's there's something that he used Blender for. So if you know what that is, like I just know that EmpireCon in a few weeks I'm gonna be able to see it all because I've only seen like a little clip because I just couldn't help myself and I opened up one. And then I turned it off five seconds. Like oh oh, this is as soon as I saw like there was it wasn't just Lego. It was like effects i was like i'm done i'm done i don't want to watch it all <laughs> so yes uh thank you Dazdor. you're the goat like we sure. obviously we love all the submissions that we got from everybody but you pulled a lot of weight on that so we're you very grateful it. we're grateful for that um and so you'll definitely go down in the history books as a big contributor to the empire so yes and don't you, be afraid you might, you might even become a moth or something. One. Who day. knows? We'll see. Keep working. <laughs> Keep working. Working your way up. Uh, but yeah, don't be afraid to send in more voicemails. Love to hear from you. Yeah. And who knows what the future holds for Daz Jordan's animation? But definitely start like a YouTube channel or an Instagram with stuff that you do. That'd be really cool. Oh yeah, you can just do, yeah, just do that. Yeah, start like Instagram or because like there's people that TikTok do like something. They do like. Uh, cool like animation stuff like star wars little shorts like mm-hmm. it'd be cool to is that door coming to empire Con? no he's not oh dang it all right well there's still time to sign up till uh the 30 was well, how many days are there yeah 31st so 31st i i extended the 50 dollar ticket that's no shirt. want to come come on you come might, on down from canada you come i'll give you a lego set how about that <laughs> i I just want to say that we held an international con where people came internationally. Is no one from Canada coming anymore? Unfortunately, no. Uh, okay, Dazzler, it's up to you again. Come Pull on, Dazzler. Pull your way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool, cool. All right, that was Dazzler, but we got another voicemail here. Lastly, Lucy, which we heard from oh, last week. So let's say, take, be Will, but... take a listen to Lucy. Hi, everyone. It's Lucy. I'm about halfway through episode four of The Mandalorian now, and it's pretty good so far. I love that we're seeing Bo-Katan so often and getting some great character development for her. And getting those flashbacks of Rogu during Order 66 was interesting. I like seeing them pass top of Coruscant's mountain. It really connected the past and present of The Mandalorian. But because the Dr. Pershing scenes in episode three felt so much like Andor to me, I actually forgot it was the Mandalorian and thought, hey, we just saw that mountain recently in Andor. (laughs) So clearly, I have memory problems. Anyway, quick question. What location on Earth do you think looks the most like a location in Star Wars? 
I guess most deserts look like Tatooine, so maybe don't use that as your answer. <laughs> I hope you have an awesome day, and may the force be with you. All right, cool, cool. Oh, I was literally gonna say like <laughs> Tatooine. Uh, Tatooine is like Arizona. Or, or... Well, they they filmed a lot of Tatooine stuff in Taz. Taz, what's the one of those desert countries in Africa? Africa. Taz, I can't. I don't even know. I my mean, country. all of it was filmed in because you can go to the homestead. Yeah, you can, you can still go to the homestead and visit it. What I got? I got. I got to look at the map. Remember. I, what is my? I don't know my African countries. But once I see the name, come on, Jeremiah. You don't know your African countries. Uh, that doesn't help at all. Is either like is it? You could by you typing in that you could have just looked at up where it is. That that is true. <laughs> Jeremiah's pulling up a map, you guys. I'm pulling like, up a map. I thought the all. country would pop all up. All he has to do is just. But it's like it's like uh, it's like Chad or something. But oh no, I gotta type I'm, it in. But anyway, Lucy's question: What places in this Minnesota world? Minnesota is definitely hot. Hoth. Canada and like a lot of snowy places are like Hoth. Um, so I'm pretty sure they 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 film like snowy mountain areas for Hoth? Or, I can't remember. Like, or was it all like miniature sets? I don't even remember. Miniature sets? I don't know. Uh, I would have to... My brain's kind of all over the place. Um, ne- Tunisia. That's what it is. Tun- where is... Tunisia. Tunisia. But I, I, I thought that was like northern... Africa. Indoor would be kind of like parts in like South Africa or South South America. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Like. They were, were they filmed? Did they film that in like California? Probably like the redwood forest or whatever. Something like that. But I think um, Naboo is based off of like places in Italy. Maybe. I could see that. Like, because like, like a lot of the architecture is like that old architecture, uh-huh. and maybe like that kind of maybe like Greece a little bit, Italy, that kind of Mediterranean, Venice, kind of like where there's more forest plant life. Um, but east side, or like, I don't know, I don't know what I mean, else, like, because so like there's no like cities that look like anything here. Like maybe well, if you think about that, maybe like Hong Kong or something. Or Hong yeah, Kong. yeah. Hong Kong Hong, is more kind yeah. of like like maybe like Coruscant, maybe or Coruscant. or some of those like very pop big popular like modern bright, bright light mm-hmm. cities. Maybe Probably. like Hong Kong, or even uh, parts of Japan too. Yeah, I mean the. You probably do indoor in, like the mountain sides of Japan too. Maybe very wooded, pretty areas. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a but lot. But also, of... also, all of it was filmed in Americas, or not in America, I should say, in the world. So, right. So, yeah, I think I think Naboo would probably be the most like um, based off of like existing city 
aesthetics. Mm-hmm. So that's my answer. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good question. All right. Well, that's voicemail time. So thank you, Daz Door and Lucy. Yeah. And anything else, Drew? I don't think that is. All right. Let's go back to me and Andrew. Bye. Bye. All right, that's the voicemails for tonight. There we go. <laughs> Thanks for sending them in. Whoever People or, or persons, you're amazing. Yep. All right, so let's uh, go over some social media hey, stuff yo. and get out of here for tonight. So in the description down below, there's a links.co slash empire radio. Links with two eyes, and that's a landing page for everything, everything. You, wanna, you could ever dream of for Empire Radio. So links for I was Facebook. Like, wait a second you don't want to overpromise now <laughs> uh facebook instagram uh twitch which we normally live stream uh every episode um yep. youtube follow us on youtube because video versions also go on youtube at i edit those in higher quality videos and twitch streaming so check those out follow us there we also have other stuff that has that are not our podcast episodes like reaction videos and yep sometimes drew does toy hunts and toy unboxings and stuff like that yeah yeah. um so go check that out uh there's our fan email if you want to email us for anything for any reason uh there is a link to join the discord go click that it's always fun getting new people um and there's also a link for the needlessly nerdy.com entertainment network that we're a part of so if you like any and all nerdy stuff marvel whatever it is dc there's, I think there's, other... a, there's a Harry Potter podcast on the network now, isn't there? Uh, there was. Oh. But Gryffindor Common Room was that podcast, and she, that's by Retta in our Discord. So hey, go check that out. Retta's awesome. She's the GOAT. So go check that out. Um, I think that's everything in that list. Close enough. If I forget something, just click the link and look to check. That will check, check my work for me to see if I got everything. <laughs> and while you're there, click at all of them. <laughs> um but oh and there's also the thing to send in a voicemail so send in a voicemail too we love to hear new people we love to yeah. hear those accents from across the ponds or yep. i guess across the border too because there's different accents across into canada and mexico so go yeah. do that um Here, here's what i want here's what andrew wants whatever whenever this goes live if you're still listening to this I want everyone to submit a voicemail the next next week with your spiciest hot takes. Ooh. I want like 12 of them. Ooh. I don't know how you're going to coordinate that. But if at least 12 pe- I I want to hear some of some spicy hot takes. Maybe depending on when this comes out, maybe it'll be an episode that I'm on again and I'll be able to listen yeah. to them. Cuz if you send in 12 voicemails, we could just do the whole Just do the episode, whole thing. another hot take thing. I mean, like we how long how long has this been? It's definitely been well over an hour and a half. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Of We're about an hour and a half. Closing in an hour and a half. Or two yeah. and a half hours, I should say. Two and a half hours? Yep, because I have two 54s and a 23 right now. Hey, well, look. <laughs> so we can we can go all day on hot takes. So Yep. So submit your hot takes. We, we'd love to hear your hot takes because, you know, there's a lot of schmucks on the internet posting whatever, but... <laughs> But our fans... That needs to be a shirt with your face on it. There's a lot of schmucks on the internet. (laughs) But you're our fans, and you're way cooler, and I think our fans 
love Star Wars and don't hate on it as much as those schmucks. So yeah, yeah. When I when I say I want the the hot takes, give me intellectual hot takes. I don't want the sequels are trash. <laughs> no, none of that. Give me something that can make me think, make Jeremiah think, break our brains, but also make it a spicy hot take. Yep. There you go. All right, cool. Anything else, Andrew, before we head out? No. No, I'm good. All right, cool, cool. Well, you've been listening to a hot take episode of Empire Radio. I'm Jeremiah. I'm Andrew. And may the force be with you. Always. Needlessly Nerdy, your source for all things nerdy. www.needlesslynerdy.com 